This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? We are live on a Friday morning. It is December 2nd. 2022 live at the Maverick Center it's the Monty show presented by the advocates make sure you find them online theadvocates.com the best injury attorneys in the business hey all of our friends in Phoenix they have a brand new office for all of our listeners and viewers in Arizona find them online theadvocates.com here in Utah it is pounding snow it is it's a crazy weather morning If somebody hits you because they're driving too fast for conditions, get to theadvocates.com. If somebody hit you because they're driving distracted, if you slip and fall on a sidewalk, get to theadvocates.com. They're the best injury attorneys in the business. Oh, by the way, you never pay a consultation fee. You never pay a big retainer. In fact, you do not pay the advocates until they win your case. At theadvocates.com. Jake, good morning to you. Hello. Are you are you alive? It I is, mean, it I, is, you know. It I, is the snowpocalypse. Yeah, the snowpocalypse. You know, we got in, you know, Monty Copter 10 and, and flew over here and, you know, everything's fine. Dude, the drive to work this morning was hairy. Yeah. And you know what? I, I Are you a snow guy? Are you a, are you, I love the snow. Me too. Yeah. I actually don't mind driving in the snow. Now, then again, I am the guy that will tell you, hey. The Audi Quattro, Klaus, the SQ5. Yeah. Amazing. For real. Amazing. And oddly enough, the other night, remember the other night against the Bulls and the Jazz, what was that last Monday when it was snowing like cats and dogs outside? I'm not really sure that cats and dogs snow, but that's not my point. The point is it was snowing. We drove the Jeep. Yeah, the Rubicon. The Rubicon. His name is Cliff. Yeah. Um, And so we took Cliff. I prefer driving the the Audi Quattro. All-wheel uh-huh. drive. I mean, it is absolutely amazing in the snow. Yeah, totally different experience. Yeah, I love it. Um, I don't know where you guys come down on this. Would love to hear from you. Yeah, do you guys get nervous driving in the snow? Is Does it bring you anxiety? Do you just choose to call in sick conveniently? Um, you know, what is the what's the protocol on snow days? I love the snow. I absolutely love the snow. So yeah, hell yeah. I'm all here for that. A lot to get to today. We got to talk about the Utah Jazz for sure. Um, because I think one of the questions I want you to chew on once we do get to the Jazz is should Jordan Clarkson continue to start? Is he a guy where you're like, yep, he is one of our five best guys to start the game? Because I think I want to make the argument that Jordan Clarkson is your best option off the bench. And when Mike Conley comes back, I think it's one of those things the Jazz should look at. So we'll talk about that. But of course, we are going to start this fine program. Hello? Okay. Well, I guess, Hello? you know, you're going to go reset. Now, look, number three's out. There's probably some snow on the roof there. Now, Jake's got to take off the headphones and he's got to go over there and he's got to reset that camera. But I will start by talking about the uh, Pac 12 and the Amazon deal. Now, you know, we've talked a lot about this on the show. Um, where no no that's not it that's not it where we have told you on a pretty regular basis that um you know you have a situation still not working thank you he'll turn it off and turn it back on where the pac-12 and amazon are trying 
to negotiate a deal. And here's the question I think you have to ask. If you are Amazon, what exactly are you paying for? What exactly, if you are Amazon, what is it that you're into this deal for? And I think if you're Amazon, you're into this deal, in my opinion, for tier one rights. You're into this deal to be the main and really the only platform to go to when Utah and USC are playing, when you know Utah and Oregon, when USC and UCLA play their final game in the Pac-12, like the biggest games every year, in my opinion, that's what Amazon is paying for. But Jake, I don't know, as a as a young millennial. A millennial. Are you a guy that is is comfortable? Look at Thursday night football last night. Yeah. What did we talk about? Yep. It's not so comfortable to flip off your TV and go over to Amazon to watch the game. Are you a guy that's comfortable going to Amazon to watch Pac-12 football? Yeah, I mean, I, I think with Thursday night football, I'm still trying to figure out what's comfortable. What is the ideal setup? And I'm getting to a place where... I kind of want to stream the Thursday night football game on my MacBook and watch regular TV on the TV because I don't like flipping back and forth. It's an annoyance. Um, and it it's really not, is, isn't it? It is. Like, it's inconvenient. It's an annoyance. Like, it's the only reason I'm on Amazon Prime at that time of day. You know, weekends is different because, you know, if you're at home and you want to watch a movie or something, okay, that's different. But, but to watch sports... There's not, like, that's the only reason I'm there, and that's the frustrating part. I, I think that, you know, when you look at the TV watching experience, I think for Amazon, it really matters. And when we talk about streaming deals and, and how they're going to set all this up, like, I think, you know, the experience gets better if you have other games to flip to at the same time right. while you're on Amazon Prime. But I got to tell you, I didn't really watch too much of that game last night simply because I didn't like flipping back and forth. There was other stuff on, like... I was doing things like it, it is an inconvenience. Like you can't like, let's say that you're watching Thursday night football last night on Amazon prime on your TV and you're making dinner for the kids. Okay. So now you got to have your direct TV remote and you got to have your TV remote. You can't just pick one up and flip the channel. That's my problem. It has to be a smoother experience. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think it's also one of those things where when you look at the pack 12, how valuable of a commodity is that? Because some of the other details that are involved in this, sources in the TV industry told me last night that Amazon and the Pac-12 are not, in fact, close on a deal and that the Pac-12 is really pushing, for obvious reasons, to get a deal done sooner than later. But Amazon has been very savvy about this. They have told the Pac-12, hey, we need clarity on UCLA's situation because we don't know what we're paying for. And I think that makes a lot of sense. But the other issue between Amazon and the Pac-12 that I think is a deal breaker, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Pac-12 navigates this, is the Pac-12 wants their biggest games on TV and on stream. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an ESPN model because ESPN routinely does that where they'll stream a game in the ESPN app that's already on ESPN television, ESPN.com. That's the model that the Pac-12 wants. But they want that Amazon money. And Amazon has made it very clear that if they are going to buy tier one rights, they are going to own tier one rights. There will be no TV option for the biggest game. It will only be on Amazon. And I understand why the Pac-12 wants to do that. They want to have their cake and have somebody eat it too. Like they want somebody to pay for tier one stream and tier one TV. And I just don't think that's realistic. And again, I understand why you're doing that. The UCLA component of this makes perfect sense. 
the Pac-12 conference, George Klyovkak has done everything that he can do to undermine UCLA's move to the Big Ten. He has put it in the, the, the mind of the UC Board of Regents that they have the ability that they should block the move to the Big Ten. Oh, for real. I don't know. We're going to find out next week exactly what that's all about. But what, what I'm hearing now is that Amazon and, and the Pac-12, A, are not close to a deal. They don't have major roadblocks, but the Pac-12 is going to have to come off of this desire to have their biggest games on TV and on stream if they want to be a stream league, if they want to be a groundbreaking league where, hey, they're the first one that's all in on Amazon Prime, well, you're going to have to give up the ghost they have in your big games on TV as well. And I just don't know if the Pac-12 as a conference is in a place to take that kind of risk. You are already losing eyeballs, even with a TV deal. You right. are already in a situation where because of the Pac-12 network, a majority of people that make decisions in college football don't see anything beyond what game is on ESPN, ABC, or Fox. And that's a huge problem. So, Jake, I don't know what the answer here is. I do know that Amazon and the Pac-12 are not close to putting putting a pen to paper. Well, and it's kind of like you said, like, you know, the Pac-12 wants to be all in on Amazon. But if you're going to be all in on something by nature, that means you can't be half in on something else. Like, you don't get to be all in on Amazon and also be half in on ESPN. Like, that's not good business for Amazon. And frankly, I still maintain that the Pac-12 and George Klavkoch forget where they're at. They forget the position in life that, that they're in, which is, hey, you have two major brands, and I get it, UCLA is very hot and cold in terms of if they're good this year, bad last year, whatever. Like, the football field results are very hit and miss, but, you know, you look at USC and UCLA, and those are two of the top brands in the conference. So the idea that you're, let me get this right. So you're going to try and block them. Then you're going to try and go all in on Amazon, but then also backdoor ESPN. Like they're not taking strong direction. They're basically saying, hey, we're the best of the best and we get to do whatever we want. And that's not going to work. And eventually resources are going to dry up in the sense that you're you're going to get put into a corner and you're going to get pushed into a deal that you don't like that's exactly. going to be worse than the deal you have available now. And so to me, again, I just hope that they understand the position in life they're in, but I'm not confident in that. So I think, again, it all goes back to this this whole concept of, of user experience and quality on the football field. This year, the Pac-12 has been really good. They, they have been. Like, you've got a bunch of teams in the top 25. Like, you're having a really nice year. But who's to say, like, when SC leaves... Or UCLA leaves if you don't block that or, you know, however that works out. What does that look like then? Are you the Pac-10? Do you add a couple schools? Like, that's why I think Amazon wants to wait. Because like you said, they don't know what they're paying for. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. Why would you sign ink to paper if you don't even know what product is going to be on the field? Well, I think the other thing that is so clear here is that the Pac-12 has options. It's simply how much financial gain is in each one of those options. Because... Again, the funny part of this whole conversation, I say funny, maybe it is the most interesting part of this entire conversation between Utah and the Pac-12, or excuse me, between the Pac-12 and Amazon, and you know, uh, this news being leaked on you know, the day that Utah and USC play in the Pac-12 championship. Amazon and ESPN are not adversarial. They do not have a competitive nature relationship. Right. I think ESPN realizes it is your only 
true television and stream distribution platform. Fast. They offer you both. ESPN is all-encompassing. They are the biggest, baddest MFR in sports for a reason. But Fox has an app, right? You yeah. Can, but right, but Fox has an app. But nobody cares about the Fox app. That's right. Nobody, nobody goes to the Fox app. Nobody, nobody thinks, oh, Tigers on TV Tiger. on the 18th. I'm gonna go to Fox. No, you don't think that. You're thinking you're gonna go to ESPN first, and if it's not there, you're probably going to CBS. Like that's what you think as a consumer of sports. So to me. I just, I, I, I agree that ESPN and ESPN's story, and I think this is an important in little sidebar inside of this Amazon thing. Right. You got to remember where ESPN came from. ESPN was hemorrhaging money in the magazine days. Magazine subscriptions were going downhill, and they make this major pivot in their business to go digital with the app. So they went from no app and basically no traction there. And to, no stream. Yeah, no stream to major stream, major app, major traction, UFC deals, NHL deals, like all these deals inside of ESPN Plus. And now they are the juggernaut in the space. And that's why that's why I think they're able to say, hey, we don't want to be adversarial with Amazon. We because they don't need to be. They don't need to be. They don't need to be. Yeah. And I, I think if you're a sports fan and you don't have the ESPN app on your phone, you're either stubborn or... I, I don't know why you wouldn't because yeah. everything you want is on the ESPN app. And I, I just think that as much hype is around Amazon and the Pac-12, I think if you are the Pac-12, your best, highest leverage play is to go all in with ESPN. Thanks. And I, I think you have to do a deal with ESPN where you get your best games on television and on stream. And with all due respect to Amazon, because, again, I think Amazon Sports does a fantastic job. All due respect. If, I, if I'm the Pac-12, I just don't believe that sports fans right now today are ready to, to fully assimilate to streaming full-time of the best Pac-12 games. I don't. And I think it is it, it comes at a time where the Pac-12 is incredibly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think the Pac-12 is incredibly vulnerable. And you have to make the right decision. It is, you know, look at the, the Big Ten, for instance. The Big Ten can take a risk. Yeah. The Big Ten can make a mistake. Maybe this, you know, NBC, you know, Big Ten after dark game that they're going to do. You Maybe know. that's a mistake. I don't know, but they can afford the risk. Because the Big Ten's the big MFR in town right now. Yep. The, the Pac granddaddy of them all. The Pac-12, as crazy it is, it, it, as it is, because I think the Pac-12, to your point, has had a really good year on the field. Right, I, I, you, you clearly can make the argument the Pac-12 is a better football conference here and now than the Big Big Ten is on but, the field. On the field, but here's the issue: the Big Ten's worth more because people are willing to pay more for the Big Ten. And when I look at the Pac-12, it is beleaguered from a financial standpoint. Keep this, it real. This USC UCLA thing was absolutely nut busting, and then yeah. you you look at the desperation, you look at the poor leadership that has continued to cripple the Pac-12. You can't afford to have a mistake. This is it for George Klyovkov. This is it. If if Klyovkov doesn't make a good deal and their distro's not good and you're not on, in my opinion, if you're not on TV and on stream for your biggest games, ESPN, I think you're doing it wrong. Right. I, I think it's something that Pac-12 fans should really pause about and really think about. Do you really want to be a stream-only conference? Because I'm, I'm here to tell you I don't think you do. Well, and I don't think it's it's it's... It 
like streaming this is the thing streaming's just not in a place where you can just be on stream like it's not there yet it will be that no. like 10 years from now we're probably having a different conversation like 10 years from now um you know streaming will probably be prolific in in the live sporting event space like prolific to the point where you have people who just are are not tv people and only catch it on stream like yes. it, it'll probably be there but right now it's not there and i think the challenge is for for the pac-12 all right are we looking at this deal in a 10-year space or a five-year space because i also wouldn't sign a 10-year deal i'd sign a five-year deal for sure with Amazon and ESPN and everybody. Boy, that is a really interesting thing to bring up. That's a really good point. You, Here's a question for you. Yeah. If you are, who are the biggest programs in the Pac-12? Excuse okay. me, excuse me. Biggest programs. Programs. My bad. Yeah. My, my. bad. Sorry, Lincoln. Yeah. Um, USC and, and, and Oregon, right? Well, USC's out, so you can exclude them. Oregon is by far, from a TV viewership standpoint, the biggest program in the Pac-12. I think Oregon and Washington, and this is a question I would ask. You talk about grant of rights. Yeah. If you're Oregon, are you going to give the Pac-12 your grant of rights knowing that that's going to end up on Amazon only? Man, no, that's a tough... Can't that's See, and that I think is... Never. That's why I think that's a really salient point by you. Yeah. Are you, if you are Oregon, if you are Washington... Hell, if you're Utah, if you're the Utah Utes, do you feel like you benefit most by signing a grant of rights for five years? Let's say on the low end, five years with the Pac-12. Are, are you benefiting from that grant of rights if they take your grant of rights and they put you, all of your games are on Amazon Prime? Obviously not. Boy, I think that's a tough, that's a tough argument. Yeah, and by the way, you're the Pac-12 champs, right? Like you're you're a team that is consistently in the Pac-12 well, game. And, and who's to say if they win tonight, right? Hey, maybe they lose tonight. Totally get it. But my point is, is that on the football field, and this, I'm, I'm glad we brought it up from this angle because I think on the football field and in the office on a sheet of paper performance are two different things. They just yes, are. Yes, absolutely. And I think Utah suffers, specifically Utah suffers uh, at a pretty high level when you think about, hey, they're this great team that's in the Pac-12 championship game consistently, but somehow biz from a business standpoint, your head coach has to come out and say that he needs more resources, that he needs more things to recruit with the current day NIL slash transfer portal situation. So when I look at programs around the Pac-12 and frankly around the country, like you, it, your distribution deal has always mattered, but I think it matters even more now because you have guys who 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 are only transferring to certain situations because uh, of the the ease with which they can get to the league. So like you have this Deion Sanders situation, wherever Deion goes, guys are going to go there because they know they can get to the league. And if Deion decides to go to a school like let's say you know Cincinnati, just as an example, let's say that he decides to go to Cincinnati. That is going to be an easy path for guys to get to the league with Deion Sanders as the head coach, and then you have a great distribution deal for that school. Just the same way as a quarterback playing under Kyle Whittingham at Utah, it's not an easy path to get to the league. Anybody see that Cam Rising barely scratched the top 50 for, for college quarterbacks in the nation? Which is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but yeah. You, but, but whether that's true or not, whether that ranking is, is accurate, quote-unquote accurate, 
right? Like perception is reality. If people don't know you and can't see you, you're not getting to the league. Well, I also think that all of our college football talk on this show is presented by our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Logan, Layton, Lehigh, Murray, and St. George. Or of course, you can always shop with them online, bbqpitstop.com. It is the holiday giving season. You know that you are gift giving to your dad. Trust me, the ladies love that smoker, dude. I'm telling you now, you drop in some cherry pellets before you put the wings on the smoker tonight for the Pac-12 championship game. That aroma wafts through the air, the dude. The aroma. I'm telling you, it closes a deal for you after the game's over. Go, I, 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 That's a guarantee, a promise. <laughs> you have a line out of your backyard gate. Dilly dilly. When you go to barbecue pit stop, <laughs> bbqpitstop.com, uh, you can get all the best rubs and spices. Of course, again, you know that when you hear the name barbecue pit stop, it's synonymous with Traeger, Yoder, Big Green Egg, yes, yes, yes. the best equipment, barbecue pit stop, the best rubs, spices, wing dust, barbecue pit stop, the best advice, the best guys, the best gals, the best, I think, smoking and barbecue professionals, barbecue pit stop. You get all of that. And the best part is, hey, on a snowy day like this, you want to do some shopping? You didn't go to work. You stayed home. Smart. Good job by you. Get online, bbqpitstop.com. Do some Christmas shopping. Knock it out. Talk to the guys. There's a great chat feature on their website, bbqpitstop.com. No matter where you are, whether you're in Poughkeepsie, Brigham, uh, no matter where you are in this country, you can shop online at bbqpitstop.com. Barbecue Pit Stop. They deliver all of our college football talk on this show. I, Cam Rising and Utah don't get the respect they deserve because of their, their distribution deal. Yeah. That, that, in, in that's large part, what it is. In large part because they're in the championship game seemingly every year of the last few seasons. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, it's just that's how the world works. And, I, and I, so, again, they bring this back home. Like, it, let's say that you were on Amazon every week this season. I'm curious how that would have impacted his ranking or how that would have impacted, yeah. you know, the college football playoff or cause, cause again, you know, we all, we all know the age old conversation about, you know, Jimmy Bob, uh, you know, watching an eight o'clock kickoff Pacific time on the East coast in New York at, you know, 11 or whatever. Like we all know that story. We all know that, that tonight there are going to be people who don't watch this game. Because, but it's the, you know, it's the Thursday night, yeah. you, you know, USC going to Pullman to die several years ago game. It yeah. is. So wait, it, not only did nobody watch that game, USC loses. So now you're not in the college football playoff and they're not in the top 10 in the country. But it's Cam Rising missing the Washington State game and nobody knew about it. Yeah. Well, why is that? Because Fox didn't send their crew there. They did it from the studio in L.A. <laughs> They didn't, Fox, literally, it's the Pac-12. We don't need to send play-by-play -play announcers there. Yeah, why there. would we send play-by-play -play announcers there? Well, I, we don't need to do that. So they didn't know Bryson Barnes started. Yeah. And you, it, you get into this thing where the Pac-12 is just not getting the coverage and the respect that it deserves. But they haven't earned that respect. Yeah, they I don't, I don't disagree that with respect. that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, all right, let's get some of your thoughts in here. Uh, Mike Maple says, uh, Lord Radon, Oregon doesn't see it that way. Hence why PAC schools have always seen themselves on a higher level than everybody else sees them. Boy, ain't that the truth. Uh, Lord Radon says Oregon doesn't have any other options uh, unless they want to jump to the Big 12. I actually disagree with that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I, and we've talked about this on the show in the past as well. I do believe that the Big 10 would love to add Oregon and Washington. I just don't think that, that their membership will pay, you know, will want to pay to have Oregon and Washington in the in the conference, which is what that comes down to. 
Because if you add Oregon and Washington to the, the conference, you're going to take a smaller slice unless you can get somebody like Amazon to come on board and do a, a, a larger third-tier streaming deal. But guess what? You know, that, that's becoming more and more difficult because Amazon wants to be the player instead of a player, which is a big difference. I disagree that Oregon doesn't have any other options. I, you have options when you've been seen by 26.5 million people, not including the uh, broke Pac-12 network views. But Jake, it's, it's Bo Nix. Right. You know, Bo Nix. It's, anyway, I'll stop. Uh, Mike Maples, good morning to you, friend. He says, Amazon will also demand that if they buy it, all schools stay in. I don't see Oregon and Washington doing that unless it's top dollar and it sounds like Amazon's not there. No, I just disagree. I just disagree. That's just not what's happening, Mike. With all due respect, they're not saying, hey, everyone's got to be in. What they're saying is we're not going to sign a deal until we know who's in. That's exactly right. We're not right. going to sign anything until we know if UCLA is still in the Pac-12 or if they're in the Big Ten, which makes perfect sense. Why would you, again, why would you sign an agreement? Why would you put ink to paper on a deal that you don't know its value? How do you know what you're paying for? How do you know, like, you can't negotiate on something that, that has value that's in the gray area. But again, look at the difference between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Now, all the media homers are going to tell you, well, the Big 12 panicked and they went out because they knew. <laughs> I think the Big 12 acted pragmatically by getting their deal done ahead of the Pac-12, or, or excuse me, the Big 12 acted pragmatically by getting their deal done ahead of the Pac-12. And I think ESPN and Fox realize they're in the catbird seat. They don't have to aggressively pursue the Pac-12. I think they're waiting for this UCLA thing to play out. Yep. I think you look at Fox. Fox has told the Pac-12, as we reported first on this show, Fox has told the Pac-12, we are not interested in Tier 1 rights. We are not here for Tier 1 rights on the, on the Pac-12. You want to give us your third game every week? Okay, great. But guess what? We already have late window games now you know. and late window relationships with the Big Ten. It, like there, there's just no leverage to be had for the for the Pac-12. ESPN would like Pac-12 games, but I think what you saw with Fox and ESPN on the Big 12 is Fox was much more here for Big 12 basketball, which they, is smart. Which is smart. They don't need the football content; they needed the basketball content. Yeah. There's just no leverage here for the Pac-12. Well, and I think one of the points you've always made when we have this conversation is that ESPN and Fox basically collude. They work together. Yeah. And and I think it's a really important point because they don't if if the two juggernauts are working together in the space and then you have what I think most people would call this, you know, oddity in Amazon coming in into the TV space, a newcomer if you will, it, it doesn't behoove ESPN or and Fox to spite Amazon. What it behooves them to do is figure out, okay, what does Amazon want, right? Do they want tier one of the Pac-12? Do they want tier three? Like, what do they want? You know, once you know what they want, then you the, the it's smart to get the three of you in a room and say, okay, here's how we're going to break this out, right? This is what we want. That's what you want. We're going to pay more. You're going to pay less. Bada boom, bada bing. That's how business is done. And my point is, George Klyovkov and the Pac-12 are not in a position to flip anybody the bird and say, hey, we want it this way or it's not going to happen at all. Because if that's what you're going to do, then you'll just stay on the Pac-12 network and you're not going to make strides. Well, and I think the other issue here is, again, I'll go back to the word of leverage for the Pac-12. Yeah. If you have Fox and ESPN that are, and I agree, they're likely in cahoots. They know what they want. You look at that Big 12 deal, that worked out for everybody. But if 
Fox and ESPN are communicating on some level, whether, you know, legally, however you want to point to collusion. If those two guys know what the other guy wants and is doing, and you have Amazon, who has no competition in the space. Yeah. So now, wait a minute. ESPN and the Big 12 are not competing against, or ESPN and, and Fox are not competing against each other like they, they did not in the Big 12. And now ESPN doesn't view Amazon as a competitor. They respect their position in the stream platform. Who are you going to leverage against each other? It's not Fox and ESPN. It's not ESPN and Amazon. You're not leveraging anybody. And this becomes the problem. Yeah. Because you want to talk about somebody that has nowhere else to go. Where is the Pac-12 going to go here? Because <laughs> they didn't do a deal all those years ago with Google. Larry Scott promised us all those years ago at Pac-12 Media Day. He sat in front of Jake and I and told us, hey, we have a this and that stream deal. And that never happened. Yeah. They were, they've been so slow to, to acclimate to streaming. Where else are they going to go? They don't have anywhere else to go because the SEC, new deal. The Big 10, new deal. The Big 12, new deal. The Pac-12, no deal. And the and, ACC is in lock with yeah. their deal. And by the way, let's not also forget the Mountain West is, is just this, this silent competitor sitting and waiting. You have, right, the, you have this great new commissioner. She is unbelievable. She is skilled. I think people are raving about her. What's Mountain West going to do here? Well, and you asked the question, hey, what, what, where's the Pac-12 going to go? Well, if the Pac-12 can't figure it out, teams like Oregon State are going to go to the Mountain West. Like teams like the lower-end team could find its way to the Mountain West. And if you're the Mountain West, that's what you're waiting for. You don't, you're not interested yeah. in, in rocking the boat or, or, or doing anything outlandish. You're interested in securing your future and then adding to that future. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's really smart. And I think the timing of the commissioner change in the Mountain West is no coincidence, right? Yep. The, the timing of signing your mark in the Big 12, no coincidence. So I'm just telling you, those little things matter. Uh, Arlington Bears makes it awkward this morning. He says, uh, morning, fellas, two-hour delay, uh, school delay here in Utah County, so I get to stay in bed and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Are we a soundtrack or are you an active viewer? No, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Maple says, Jake, I didn't explain myself very well. I agree. They, they want to know what they're paying for. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, where are you at in Utah County, Arlington? Marby Dog says, there's SEC, Big Ten, Notre Dame, and then everyone else. ESPN is giving SEC a major competitive advantage. But, but again, dude. You're gonna, and you're going to see it across all yeah. of the ESPN platforms. Yes. They, and the other thing that I think is interesting, and we've talked about this as well, and I heard about this again last night when I was talking to a, a TV guy. Amazon is also having very quiet conversations about brokering huge TV-only games or stream-only games. Uh -huh. So they're talking about like, hey, you know, think of two major properties, an Alabama-Ohio State game. You know, that early season USC-Ohio State game that yes. we used to get. Like yes. those big, big marquee kickoff games. Amazon's trying to broker those as well. And something else I thought was really interesting. That mid-season tournament that the NBA is talking about, mm. Amazon wants a piece of that. And I think that's a really compelling space. The NBA on stream only, they're clearly struggling with the NBA app. Yeah. They are. There's no doubt about that. It's not great. 
Amazon has the money and the wherewithal to come in and do that. Well, and I think if you're Amazon, you, you're that's one of your strong suits is your flexibility in the space, like your ability to say to Adam Silver, hey, you know, we 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 look we're looking forward to this tournament. You know, you've got this matchup on paper. We'd like that to only be on our platform. Like, I don't know why Amazon hasn't been side hustling all the major leagues to do this. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't have the match with Tiger and that that you know the the foursome that plays essentially. Exactly. Why wouldn't you have that on, only on Amazon? Right. Like, th there are ways to put things together. Amazon is never going to get the Super Bowl. Amazon's never going to get the NBA Finals. That's not going to happen. But I also think that Amazon could have the Spanish language rights to X event or like yeah. the, the possibilities are endless. But also interesting you bring up Tiger Woods because my TV guy also last night was telling me, hey, LIV Golf has approached, Live Golf has approached Amazon more than once. Mm -hmm. And Amazon has been reticent to do, deal, <coughs> do a deal with them. People... I'm telling you, Amazon is in the catbird seat. They don't have to do anything. And I know that everybody's like, well, Amazon's laying people off. Dude, Amazon is a pragmatic business company. Did you guys see the numbers that came out on Amazon? Jake, pull those Amazon earnings up. The, the earnings for Amazon were, the report that came out this morning was flipping unbelievable. The a Amazon's earnings through the through Black Friday and the kickoff of the shopping season were massive. They had record earnings. Amazon is not hurting for money. So, sorry, not to cut you off. No, go ahead. Um, so this is from Amazon. This is Amazon's numbers, Amazon.com. These are their numbers. And the so date on that is? The date on that is October 27, 2022. Okay. So net sales increased 15% to... And I know you find it hard to believe. $127.1 billion in just the third quarter compared to $110.8 billion in the third quarter of 2021. So you're, you guys, you're, he said the third quarter. Just the third quarter. Say, say that number again so, in the third quarter. So again, net sales increased 15% to $127.1 billion in the third quarter of 2022 as compared to $110.8 billion in the third quarter of 2021. So these numbers are why Amazon can, can operate freely. This is why Amazon can do whatever the hell Amazon wants. This is why George Klyovkov is not in a position to be but holier than thou and do whatever he wants. What did the CEO of Amazon say? Andy Jassy, the CEO at Amazon said, yeah, Amazon Prime is possibly going to become its own business unit. Because at Amazon, when you're making billions a quarter, and that's in sales and revenue, you have all these different business units. Just because one is laying off here, just because well, we talked about Amazon Alexa on this show, yeah, that Alexa's lost them billions of dollars, that doesn't mean that Amazon.com or Amazon the app is struggling. It doesn't mean that Amazon Prime Video is struggling. It means you have this one business unit and they're going to have layoffs related to that one business unit. But hey, they're going to reallocate. And from what I understand, Amazon's, Amazon Sports is not struggling financially. I, I want to give you guys a few examples of things that, that Amazon is capable of doing that maybe fly under the radar. Just because this is in their earnings report. I think this is interesting. So you have, you have Amazon Prime and this is just the TV stuff, right? 
Obviously, Thursday night football, they kicked that off, right? 15 million viewers for its first game. Really solid numbers. Other things, though, that premiered on Amazon Prime across Europe were UEFA Champions League in Germany and Italy, League One in France, right? Exclusive coverage of the U.S. Open tennis in the U.K., right? So they're already side hustling a lot of this stuff in Europe. They're already doing this. But other things, other opportunities that they've created in other spaces besides sports you have them expanding to places like belgium amazon.com is now in belgium right you look at you 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 look at rolling out venmo as a payment option you look at being able to partner with the bmw group to offer amazon services and bmw well, how much like, was that remember we were talking about how many subscribers they have Oh yeah, I can. Um, like me, it's, you know, it's almost, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's as many like, subscribers like as they the, have Americans or something stupid like that. Like it is, it is amazing to me that I'm, it's Amazon. So in 2017, they had 99 million subscribers to Prime. 18, they had 112 million. 19, they had 124 million. Dude. 2020, they had 142 million and a half. Like it just keeps going, and and that's what I'm saying. Like. The point is not that Amazon is some great magical place, but but what it is is flexible. What it is is cash flowing. What it is is able, and they're in the tech space, so you don't Jeez. have to question whether they're able to put things together. As a as of January fifth, twenty twenty two, almost a year ago, Amazon had hundred and forty eight point six million Amazon Prime members in the U.S. Yeah, bro. that is up. 50%. Uh, that's incredible. That is incredible to me. All of this to say Amazon is not in a hurry and should not be because I think they know they're in the hot seat. Can I Johnson? Good morning. Hey Monty, is it true? Qatar paid 200 billion for the FIFA world cup. The most by any country. That is the, the, I actually think it's 220 billion, but that's the cost, the total cost rights, fees, construction, infrastructure. Yeah, it's the most expensive FIFA World Cup in the history of the tournament. Both with lives and dollars. Yeah, they over 500, and that's conservative, 500 people died building stadiums in Qatar. It's, it's crazy. Tanner Plummer says, oh, crap, LIV Golf Tournament trying to make a deal with Amazon. We all know what they do to people's heads. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Exactly right. Saudi Stooge. Arlington Bears says he's in Saratoga Springs. Well, I've been to Arlington Bears house. Yeah. Nice pad, dude. Chris has one of the nicest houses. Yeah, bro. I mean, yeah. you have got a I'm palace. And by the way, by the way, I hope you and your family are well this morning. Um, I know that it is the snow out there is crazy. If you've got if you're here in Utah this morning, are you excited about the snow? I am excited about the snow. I, now I'm a snowboarder. I'm looking forward to going snowboarding maybe this afternoon or tomorrow morning. I'm not so excited to drive the canyon roads this afternoon, but we'll see. Because um, they're saying that this snow is gone. Yeah. Essentially, it's, it's, it's over. Yeah. Um, now it is coming to an end for most uh, northern Utah. The snow has stopped. But Jesus. new snow overnight. Alta got 12. Snowbird got 12. Brighton got 11. Uh, Park City and Deer Valley got nine inches. Let's go. So, And by the way, another storm is coming in Sunday into Monday. Let's go. So it's a great year of snow. I'm really excited for it. But yeah, Chris Karn has a palace. He's a stud. Um, Neville 93 says it's snowing so bad that they cancel school in Sandy today. Really? Well, really, good, Neville? Neville. That means you listen to the whole show back to front, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, no. 
Don't do that. Neville, good to see you, friend. Mike Maple says, wait, is Tanner interested about Arlington because he wants to stop by and give a couple of pointers? Pointers on what? What do you mean pointers? Do you mean... No, I'm not going there. Kanai says, what's the worst that can happen to them, Tanner? Jake, uh, by the way, Tanner wants to know why you're not running the Pac-12. Yeah, because my last name isn't Kleofcock. Yeah, Kleofcock. Yeah. Seriously. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Barfing Chicken says snow is good. It is good. Tanner says, I'm crazy excited about the snow. We need the water badly. Yes, we do. Uh, Justin Sal says, you can't go snowboarding tomorrow morning. You have to watch us lose to the Netherlands tomorrow. Oh yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah. Can't, uh, man, can't go. Hey, Tanner, Tanner. Hey buddy. What was that tweet about RSL knocking out Germany? Yeah. What was that? What was that? I left that one how did, alone. How did that work out? I left that one alone. By Come the on. way, how about my guy Kai Havertz for, for Germany? Chelsea's finest. Come on. Chelsea's Let's finest. Let's go. Um, I love the snow. Yeah. Frankly. And yeah, Justin. But again, I, I why can't... do you love the snow? You have all-wheel drive. You snowboard. Like... I have Quattro in, in the Audi. I have a, a lifted Jeep that clearly has four-wheel drive. And I've I've got the T Rice Pro yeah. LibTech board. Yeah, I've got yeah. the step on Burton bindings. You know, pretty much a stud. The soup isn't half bad in the snow either. Just saying. You know the crazy thing, real quick, before we get to the Pac-12 championship game here on the Monty Show, presented by the Advocates. Uh, find them online at theadvocates.com. Um, you were the first one to make tracks on our street. Yeah, this I, got, I got first tracks in the hood. So Jake comes over to my house. Our, our routine is Jake comes to my house at, at 4.30. We generally hop in the Audi and we drive over to the Maverick Center. So he co comes over to the house this morning and he's the first one on the streets. And it, I'm telling you, in South Jordan, it had to be Three, five four. inches. No, five? it was you five inches, five? yeah. I, on my back deck, it was easily five inches. Yeah. It was, it was, it was probably... It was probably five inches. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but driving out, I was I was tempted to do a donut on the parkway, but I didn't do it. I chickened <laughs> out. Admittedly, I chickened out. Uh, Skeet says, if you're going to ski, just be safe. And remember, you can't catch every fish. Why? I, I don't know what... I'm not sure what that means. Why? Uh, Tanner says, yeah, that RSL tweet didn't age well. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. No, it did not. It did not age well at all. The biggest stories in sports every morning on the Monty Show is presented by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you get to Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure that you, friends, get the, uh, the wash pass at Quick Quack because I tell you every day on this show yeah. that Quick Quack Car Wash is the best in the business. And I, I, again, love the fact that today it's snowing this morning. My car is out here in the parking lot covered in snow. We did bring the snow brush. We did. We, we did. have matriculated into adulthood Yes. Uh, by bringing a snow brush. But I know that the roads are salty. I'm, gonna, I'm telling you now, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to drive to the district, and I'm going to go through the, the Quick Quack Car Wash in South Jordan. Yep. And I'm going to go park Klaus in the garage. Well, and you know that this is the busy season for car washes, right? Yep. Like, you know the line's going to be long today, but that's the great thing about Quick Quack. You're through in five minutes, even with a long line, because they actually have great human beings working the car wash. And it's fast. It's efficient. They're giving you free car washes right now, so make sure you get to your local Quick Quack car wash. Uh, big shout out uh, to everybody who uh, was sending us pictures on Twitter the other day of all the Quick Quackiness, uh, which, yeah. which obviously... Um, we love, uh, and I'm trying to find that one photo that's amazing. There was one guy who took a picture for us, and I know I'm going to regret this. 
uh, because I should know who this is. Um, and by the way, Travis Bird sends me photos with every famous person he's ever met. Well, it's uh, Big Daddy Raptors, Magic. Ra- uh, thank you. Yeah, Big Daddy Magic. Big Daddy Magic. Uh, Raptors 8801. Jeremy sent me a picture of him going through the quick quack. It was yes. amazing. Yes. It was amazing. You guys got to do that. Uh, by the way, yes, every uh, I, everybody has been over the last couple of weeks asking me about merch. I actually had a girlfriend reach out to me and say, hey, by the way, do you guys have sweatshirts yet? I'd like to give my husband one for Christmas. I'm a terrible person. We do not have merch yet. Actually, it's we're Mrs. working Monty's on it. fault. Yeah, we're working on it. Yes. Yeah, so we, really we will. Are. There's, uh, a, there's a lot that goes into it. It's there not is. as easy as just making a call. Yeah, it's not that easy. Jeff Johnson, what's up? How the heck are you? Uh, let's talk Pac-12 championship this morning right here on the Monty Show. You know that USC is a three-point favorite. The number is still 67 over Utah. Um, yeah. This game is tonight. It is in Las Vegas. It is going to be off the chain if you are driving to Vegas. Wait until like 11. And I know that sucks, but 9, 10, 11 o'clock, the roads are going to be in far better shape. Central Utah is going to get the tail end of this snowstorm. So please make sure if you're driving to Las Vegas on this Friday morning, at least be careful, go slow, or wait a couple of hours so that the the snowstorm moves out. But I I think there's going to be a ton of Ute fans the problem is there's going to be a ton of USC fans. Vegas right. is a great USC football town. Uh, obviously, it's a four-hour drive for most uh, Angelinos to get there from LA. Uh, it is five and a half hours if you are a Ute from Salt Lake. This is going to be an amazing football game. Just your thoughts, Jake. Which way are you leaning on? It? Uh, well, the first thing I'm going to say is this is the 67 number is way too low. I think this is uh, the more I think way about this game. Way too low. Yeah, the more I think about this game, I think this is an 80-pointer, honestly. I think that this is just like the first game, and I think even more so because it's indoor. I think Caleb Williams is going not going to have a field day against this Utah defense, but I think he's going to have a great game. Like This is clearly hey, I have a Heisman campaign that I'm playing for here, and I need to make a point against this football team. And I think when you lose the first game, the way they lost it, not just that you lost, but the way that that game went down, you're out for vengeance. And I think that Caleb Williams is going to have a great game. I think, you know, how my general feeling on this game is I do think SC wins this game, but I do think it's a very close game. And I think that... um, and I hate to say it, but I don't trust Cam in these big games, honestly. Like, he had a good performance last time out, obviously. We've talked about it. You know, he had a hell of a performance. But I don't, I didn't love what I saw against UCLA. I didn't love what I saw against a couple of these other games, a couple of these other teams. So, to me, I think there's an interception in this game for Cam Rising. I think you're not, you don't have Tavion, so running the football is going to be a little bit interesting. And I do think the SC defense is going to do its damnedest to take away Dalton okay. Kincaid. Can I ask a ridiculous question? Yeah. I don't remember who asked us. Yeah. Somebody brought up a really good point the other day. Do you think Cam Rising threw the Oregon game? Because I've never seen him do what he did in that game. Yeah. My answer, of course, is going to be, of course not. He didn't. But he did throw the ball into the ground several times. He had a wide open Dalton Kincaid <coughs> for what would have been a critical fourth down conversion. And he threw the ball at his foot. And that's just not ever been Cam rising. And you talk about not trusting Cam in a big game. I wholeheartedly trust Cam in a big game. I think that Cam rising is a big game performer. He just wasn't against Oregon. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. And man, I'm telling you. He wasn't I, against Oregon. He wasn't against UCLA. Like, Well, UCLA. Dude, he had two turnovers in that game. 
one of which was basically end of the game. Didn't play well against Florida. Didn't play well against Florida. But Florida was first. But like, Florida kind of right off. Look at the yeah. USC game. Yeah. Yeah, right? clutch in the USC. That's what I was just saying. Like, he was clutch in the USC game. Guy, you are a tapper. Okay, and I, what is I, it the drives problem, me crazy. Dude? Why, why Jake is that drive guy me that, crazy, that, like, taps dude? his leg? Because it, it, you, you, I know you can hear that. Like, he taps his leg and it, like, knocks the table. I'm going to... Jesus. He's always been that guy who, like, you half... Why, you st- anyway, my point is, Cam Rising was huge against USC the first time around. I think this is a 37-34 USC win, which tells you it's going to come down to the last possession. And I do think that Utah is going to have four or 450 yards in this game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. USC's defense is not good. Die is not going to play, obviously, with the broken leg. I think that I think Utah's got everybody keeps using the phrase puncher's chance. No, friends, Utah's got far more than a puncher's chance. Let's keep talking about the Pac 12 championship game on Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. We bring you Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. While Jake taps his leg, I want you to use the promo code Monty25. M-O-N-T-Y, Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase. Pac-12 championship game, 6 o'clock on Fox. Do it right now. Pop open the Papa Murphy's app. Order your pizza for tonight. Pick it up at 5 o'clock. Put it on the Traeger smoker you got from Barbecue Pit Stop. 20 minutes. Because you're going to have the original crust. You're going to have barbecue sauce. You're going to have the cheese. You're going to have the mushrooms, the onions, the pineapple, more cheese, green onions on top. Boom. Put it in the smoker. Pull it off the smoker. Put the cookies on the smoker. Boom. Pull them off the smoker. Sit down. Enjoy the Pac-12 championship game with our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25. All right, so I'm 37-34. Where are you at on this? 45-38, SC. 45-38. Yeah, I think it's a special performance out of Caleb. Wow. Giggity says uh, if Jake was tapping something else, he wouldn't need to tap his leg. That's what I'm saying. You know, Giggity, you say things like that that are hurtful. It's hurtful. Yeah. It's hurtful. Kanai Johnson says, I wonder why, why come to the red zone? I have no idea what you mean by that. Uh, Jeremy uh, Severe says, why would Rising throw the game? What's the reason? Getting paid, bro. Getting paid. That's the obvious one. He knows people. You know. Uh, Mike Maple says, who's healthier right now? Momentum leans USC, but if Utah loses, will the Rose Bowl take Utah over Oregon and Washington? I know that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And I, I know a lot of people have theorized about that, that Oregon gets into the Rose Bowl if Utah loses. I tend to agree. Oregon's viewership number is way better than Utah's. Yeah, I, I, mm, we'll see. Uh, Skinny Dick Nick says, I, I like to see the Utes win, but I do want to see USC in the playoff over Ohio State. Amen to that. 100%. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, Skeet says, Coeur Idaho is a long way from Las Vegas. It is, but you should make the trip. You know. Uh, let's see. Justin Salas says, I'm going to take the under 67 feels really high. Nah, I agree. Nah. I agree. Nah. Tanner Plummer says, go Utes. Never thought I'd say that in a million years. Now, that's a little surprising from you. That's uh, a little surprising. Um, Tanner also says, Cam's going to ball out tonight. I hope so. Yep. Uh, Tyler P says, Cam health is the only question. Exactly right. Uh, Neville says, 40 740 Utah wins. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a 40 point game. Yeah, it's a 40 point game, in my opinion, yeah. 87. And again, I'm not an expert. Good Lord. 
Uh, Tanner says, LOL, Mont complaining about Jake tapping his leg goes to show that Mont will complain about literally anything. Well, tell me that doesn't drive you crazy. When somebody's like, you know, like tapping their foot and it's like shaking your table because that's what was happening. It was like I was, I only noticed it because it was moving my microphone. They admit you do that all the time. Yeah, I do it all the time. I'm a person. I'm a human. I have my flaws. You're not. You're not. It's fine. And you're still bitter. I'm better looking than you, but yeah, it's whatever. fine. Uh, I, Tanner says 40 to 37. Barfing Chicken says Utah 26, 17, LOL. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, Giggity says it's all out of love, Jake. It is. I know. It's all out of love. I know. And I love that I'm better looking than you. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm just some. I can't remember who said it, but somebody was like, you know, you tell Jake every day you're better looking than him. I do. Yeah. I just need to reinforce the narrative. Right. The narrative. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Skeet says I'm worried about Angelina Jolie. Maybe you should be. Brandon says uh, Rose Bowl takes the highest ranked Pac-12 team. Utes won't make it if they lose. They won't. They won't. I agree. Uh, let's see. Taleni Talen. Tana, TT says, great game tonight. USC wins 48-35. I don't think USC is pushing 50, but I do think 45 is reasonable. Arlington Bears says, USC 42, Utah 24. Yeah, see, like, I could see that for sure. Wow. Uh, Kyle J says, Utah 37, USC 34. See, that's where I'm at on it. But I think USC wins. Yeah. I think Caleb's playing for, for the Heisman Trophy. I mean... Is this, and this is the hard question to answer, is this where USC takes over control of the, the Pac-12 as long as they're in it? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I would you, expect them to. You got to believe that they're transfer portaling again because you're going to lose Caleb to the NFL. Well, Lincoln's prolific in the transfer portal. Like, dude knows what he's doing. So, yeah. you know, I, I just, yeah, I like, it, it, this is year one and you're talking about the Pac-12 championship game. Like, you know. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. Um, Jordan Wheeler says, thanks for skipping my comment to talk about Jake's shaking leg. Well, oh, scroll back up. Where, what did he say? Um, Jordan Wheeler says, I want USC to win for the Pac-12. Okay. Well, it would be nice to have the Pac-12 represented in the championship game uh, yeah. or the playoffs. In the playoffs, college yeah. football playoffs. Yeah. And I think if SC gets there, they, they definitely have a chance. Yeah, because the problem is, I mean, think about that. If you are... Yeah. I mean, if you run, if you're USC, can you beat Georgia? No. I don't know that anybody that beats Georgia. Is too good. I don't know that anybody beats Georgia. Can USC beat Michigan? Yes. I mean, yes. Corum's out for the year, by the way. Did you guys see that? He's having major knee surgery. So Blake Corum's out for the year for Michigan's Michigan. a little overrated, in my opinion. I want USC to get it. I, I think the Pac 12 needs it desperately. They need it desperately. Uh, does that cover it, Jordan Wheeler? I hope it does. Uh, Brad Turner, Utah loses by 10 with a second-string QB and no more tight ends left. 34-24, good development for next year, though. Yeah. I, okay, so... I don't know. I think that... I, I have to believe Cam plays. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen that he won't, Yeah, you know. Jeremy Severe says, Caleb uh, Williams needs a Heisman moment. No better place than the Pac-12 championship game. 34-31 SC. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. You know. Uh, Cam says, use the promo code for Papa Murphy's for tonight's game. Yeah, let's go. Damn right. Monty 25. Damn right. Get it done. Papa Murphy's Pizza. I'm done. telling you. 
Download the app right now. Download the Papa Murphy's app and get after it. Use the promo code MATI25 to get your Papa Murphy's pizza. Papa Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, carefully knead dough. Step two, artfully spread sauce. Step three, add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. There you go. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Um, Skeet says, LOL, I'm not scared of Angelina Jolie. Okay. I mean, I appreciate the contribution. You know. Uh, Tanner Plummer. I mean, Britton Covey is on the Eagles. Can I plus Brian Johnson is Philly's QB coach. But Andy Reid uh, brought the Eagles to relevance. I'm torn between BYU and Utah right now. Bro, what are you? What are you, There's nothing to be torn between. Yeah, what are you You're talking rooting, about, dude? Are you really not rooting for the Utes? Are you, are you really not? Mike Maple says, going to hit barbecue pit stop today to make wings for the game Let's tonight. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let me tell you what now. Uh, what are we doing for food tonight? I don't know. We got to figure it out. Kind of. I mean, I know that your girlfriend controls your schedule, but is she going to allow you to come over and watch the game? Or you what? Know, you're, you're back together with the girl you broke up with over FaceTime. Right. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, are, are you going to You know, you, you give know, me a bunch of trash. You give me a bunch of trash. Mm-hmm. But you won't say, hey, by the way, he cleared his schedule off for Friday night and all day Saturday so he could watch football with you. You don't bring that up, but you want to you run a bunch of trash about someone else controlling what? my life, which is totally well, untrue. That's not true. That's my what? fucking ass. That's not true. Come on. How are things going with the girl you broke things up are with going, over FaceTime things, and got back together with? Things are going great. Not that it matters for you, right? What? what? Is that a real question? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, Jake and I are kind of opposed on. Someday we'll talk about this when I'm allowed to. Right. I'm not allowed um, to talk about it. Yeah. On the show, it's snowing out, so that means hell no. We <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Seven o'clock, the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. No matter where you are, you can actually go to theAdvocates.com, theAdvocates.com. Um, and again, I know that we have listeners all across the country. Check them out, theadvocates.com. Uh, all of our listeners in Phoenix, we love you guys. Um, we have some real longtime folks uh, that listen to this show in Phoenix. It is our second biggest market next to Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah County. Uh, by the way, big shout out to O-Town. O-Town. Did you see the numbers from Ogden on the show yesterday? Let's go. Yeah, where's Big Town O-Dog? Big Dog O-Town? Big Dog O-Town, whatever. Same thing. Yeah, same deal. Uh, big shout out to Ogden. We love you guys. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, get to theadvocates.com. Best injury attorneys in the business. Listen, the roads are chaotic this morning. Um, you have the right to drive safely to work. Be in control. Slow down. Be careful. But if somebody hits you because they're not, theadvocates.com. Do not rely on your insurance company to watch out for your best interest. They're watching out for their best interest. You need somebody that will advocate for you. Thus, you need an advocate. Theadvocates.com is where you go to get the job done. The biggest stories in sports this morning, I don't think there's any doubt about it, um, that you have a situation here with the Pac-12 where tonight's a very big night. Um, you would love to have a big game. I think the worst thing that could happen here 
uh, would be for USC or Utah to blow one another out. If 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 this is a twenty point game, that's bad for business. Yeah, you'd love to see a hotly contested uh, football game, and and maybe this is the question that we need to ask this morning: like, how important is it that USC win this game for the Pac twelve? Because I actually think it's critically important. If you're a Pac twelve fan, and not necessarily a USC or Utah fan, I don't know how you're not rooting for USC for the betterment of the conference. But I think when you look at at this game. I think USC's in real peril here. I think that this is going to be a one-possession game. I think that when you look at Utah and you have a, a gamer like Cam Rising, dude, I, I can't help but believe that they're going to be in this game and it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, if if that Cam Rising shows up, I mean, I I think again, it's it's inconsistency. Like Cam will Cam has shown up in big games, but then in other games, he's fumbled it and turned it over twice. Like, I, I'm not confident in what Cam Rising I'm going to get. I know that Caleb Williams is going to have a nice night. I know that Caleb Williams potentially is good for a pick himself. So that's why I say it really depends on the turnovers. I mean, if, if Cam doesn't throw any turnovers, they got a great shot. But I, I just find that hard to believe uh, in a game where they're likely going to be chasing USC in point total when you're throwing a lot. I think when you look at Cam Rising and Dalton Kincaid, I don't think there's any doubt that Dalton Kincaid's the best tight end in the country. Yeah. I think Cam Rising, you know, the truth about Cam Rising is I don't know what Cam Rising is. This has been a, a, there have been times this year where I've just been shocked at what I've seen on the field. Yeah. Is Cam Rising that dude? I don't know if he's that dude. We're going to find out tonight. Is he just that guy that shows up in big games? I don't know. We'll find out tonight. Um, I think he's had a, a pretty great two-year run here at Utah. I think he is, he is if he's your starting quarterback, you could be a lot worse off. Yeah. But I don't know that he's the elite quarterback that he's been billed as. And again, I don't even think, well, I know almost factually he's not the best quarterback in the state. Yeah. But he's not Caleb Williams. But I don't think the Utes need him to be Caleb Williams. I think they need the best incarnation of Cam Rising tonight. And if they get that, I think the Utes are going are gonna to be in a position to win this game. If Cam Rising um, is responsible for 300, 400 total yards, 350, 400, they're going to win the game. Uh-huh. It's that simple. Because if, if Cam's thrown for 300 and running for 50, Dalton Kincaid is having a big night. Again, the question, it's the same question we ask every week about the Utes. What receiver is going to step up? You know, like the those are the things. I, I don't... I don't necessarily believe that you have to throw the ball a lot to win. In fact, I know you need to run the ball well to win. And I think that's something we can all watch with the Utes tonight. But I just don't know where where you come down on on Cam Rising. Like you Yeah, he's one, the X one factor. the one the ten. What's your level of confidence in him tonight? Six. I think I think he he in the big moment, like I like in a two minute situation, I trust him. But at the same time, like I I don't know. There's just times where he just doesn't look great like there's just times where he kind of lets you down in that sense and there are other times where he looks phenomenal and he and he goes out and beats usc by one point like you know so that's what i'm saying like i i think for cam's career there's a lot on the line tonight if he can if he beats usc and 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 comes through like that's a big deal you beat caleb williams twice now i have to sit here and talk about you being better than caleb williams mm-hmm. that you're a, that you're a big game performer so 
That's why I say I, I, I just, I, it, it really depends on which cam you get. And it's a small difference, but it has a high impact. It's not as though, you know, one game he's throwing for 100 yards and another game he's throwing for 500 yards. Like, he usually is in between two and 300 yards, but it's how those yards are distributed. How many touchdowns does he throw for? Um, you know, the confidence in the running game is another thing that I think we got to talk about. Like, no Tavion. I don't have a ton of confidence. Obviously, it's the SC, de SC defense, and they're not a great defense. We all know that. But at the same time, I have to sit here and say, okay, Tavion's been the workhorse in the back half of the season here. He was the one that had all the momentum. He was your guy. And now he's not playing in this game. I don't I, – I just don't – I think it's – it's what is what – is, what does what Wood always say? It's next man up. Yeah, well, that's convenient and everything, but next man up against who? Like, next man up against SC is a little different than, than you know, Kapixi State or whoever you want I'm to sorry, point to. sorry, who? I couldn't say it right. Quinnipiac? Yeah, whatever um, the hell school you want to say. I look at Tavion as a guy that, yeah, he had a, he, he, 700 yards, seven scores. Okay, great. But I also look at guys like Jaquindon Jackson. Jaquindon Jackson's a guy that's done everything he's been asked to do. And... I, I, I look at Micah Bernard or any of these other guys. They've always been able to turn to somebody and say, next man up. And by the way, I also think Cam Rising's your second best running weapon. I don't know how healthy he is. I happen to believe that he's going to do just fine tonight. I think you should expect normal Cam Rising. And if, if we look at Cam and, and you look at the fact that um, he's a guy that on the road completes 68% of his passes... Throws a few too many interceptions this year that I don't love. Yeah. And we've seen it at Oregon. We've seen it at, at you know, obviously at Florida when we were in Hawaii. That was brutal. But <laughs> I think, I believe you can count on Cam Rising in a game like this. Yeah. And I believe that you can count on Kyle Whittingham to have his team ready to go. And I think when you when you look at them and you you start to understand how valuable Cam Rising is as a performer, this is his last go here, man. Like, this is potentially his last game as a Utah Ute. Yeah. This is a big night for him. You know, and I know that when we talk about receiving, you look at Dalton Kincaid, again, 850 yards, eight touchdowns, he's going to play. And I think he's going to give you a performance tonight. But if he doesn't, guys like Money Parks and Devon Vele have to step up. Yep. You got to step up. It, 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 just, it just is what it is. And I think Devon Vele... He, he's not what you needed him to be. Yeah. But he, he, he is good enough. And I think when you look at, you know, that, that he has not had a 100-yard receiving game this year. He, maybe tonight's the night that he does that. Yeah, maybe. Against a bad USC defense, maybe. But, it, yeah, I don't know. We can talk about this thing into the ground. The fact is, is, that, is that SC should win this game. There's no question about that. And the only way that Utah is winning this game is if the defense has one of their best performances of the year. Yeah, and I think Jalen Dixon is a huge figure in this game tonight, no matter what. Yeah. So we'll see, and I don't know. Somebody's going to step up on offense because that defense is ready to go. That yeah. defense is ready to go. I have no doubt that when you look at, at the Utes on defense, I have no doubt that this, this Utah team can win this game. And I think there's a lot of people that are going to look at you and say, Utah can't win this game. And this is USC's game to lose. Well, I'm here to tell you that Utah can win this game. And as, as surely as I am sitting here, if we roll back into the studio on Monday and it's a 42-38 Utah win, don't say I didn't warn you because right. Utah can win this game. 
I don't. It, it, I mean, all the money is going to is going to USC. There's no doubt about that. And I and I understand why you're if you're a betting man, you're betting USC in this game. But I'm telling you now. Don't bet what you can't afford to lose because Utah's got more than a puncher's chance. That drives me crazy, that saying that Utah's got a puncher's chance to win this game. That means that you're just hoping they throw a haymaker and something, some, some kind of luck plays in. Uh-huh. It's not going to be luck if Utah wins this game. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I think they have a really good chance. A really good chance. And I think this defense is special. I, I will maintain that. Yeah, by the way, Tyler P., you're exactly right. So Utah men's basketball beat Arizona last night. That happened 81 66. I'm so tired of hearing about Arizona basketball. I am sick and tired of hearing about a program, excuse me, a program that that doesn't win anything. I'm tired. It's over. You're not good. You haven't won anything in how long, right? You cheated to get DeAndre Ayton, right? You cheated to get all those guys on that team, and you're not good. You're just not. With all due respect to Utah basketball, there's no way you should have lost that game. So it's just, I, I like having done this show in the Phoenix market, it was so just annoying to talk Arizona basketball with Arizona fans who think they're the best thing since sliced bread. Like, you're not, man, and I'm sorry. Like, I, Sean Miller, abject failure. Cheater, failure, paid guys, got caught doing it, was a bad look. So... I get it. It's If you're a Utah fan this morning, Tyler P., I hope you're celebrating. Stick it to Arizona. Love it. But I am I just get tired in the college basketball world, which already is rather mediocre as a TV product. Like, it, I just I get burned out on hearing about, oh, Arizona basketball, Arizona basketball. Like, let's win something first. This is like what I said about USC earlier in the year. Hey, SC needs to win something. Great. Now they're winning something. If they win tonight, now we can say USC is back, but they got to win this game first. So, yeah, I, I, I get burned out on Arizona basketball. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I, I, uh, we spend far too much time in the state of Arizona. I do not miss it. I yeah. do not miss it. Uh, Skinny Dick Nick says, Williams will choke knowing how big this game is for him. Utah by 17. I, Caleb Williams doesn't. He's that guy who's always calm. Yeah. Their offense isn't the issue. The issue, the the USC defense. This Dalton Kincaid's a critical figure in this game. He had a big game against USC, and he is. I don't even think there's a question. And even if, maybe if Brant Keithy's healthy, but he's not. Dalton Kincaid's the best tight end in the country. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And so when you look at Cam Rising, you don't have to have a world beater running the football, and and maybe. I don't, I don't know that anybody really knows outside of Witt and Tavion what really happened, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you run the football for Utah, you should have a pretty, you should have a pretty easy chance of getting to the second level. Yeah, if you're getting five yards of carry, right, throughout the game, you're, you're going to win this game. Yeah, like. Cam needs a running game. If <laughs> yeah. Cam has any kind of running game, they're going to dominate. And, you, you know... Uh, Tyler P says, if Cam can run there, th- then he'll be good. If he's limited, then it's going to be a long night for Utah. I, the running game's critical because USC, I think, is 53rd in the country stopping the run. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Kurt Myers says, the running back for the Utes sitting out is BS. Um, he didn't. He's not sitting out. He left the team, Tavion Thomas. Maybe he was asked. Maybe he did it on his own. 
Kyle J says, uh, Jay says Jackson and Bernard are capable. They are very capable. Maples, I saw QB rankings last night that had Cam's seventh best QB in the Pac-12. That's very low. Well, but I also think you have a lot of good quarterbacks. Cam Rising or Bo Nix? Bo Nix. Probably Bo Nix. Probably Bo Nix. And if you look at Penix, if you look at DTR, if you look at... Oh, I'm definitely taking I mean, DTR. Caleb Williams, duh. I mean, you have a lot of good... He, I, Penix, I'm taking over Rising. I mean, he is, I, and I don't, I don't think nine out of ten you or Utah fans have seen Penix play. I don't think nine out of ten football fans know who Penix is. He's a stud. That's who he is. And you know, I, I look at um, Pac-12 quarterbacks, and I'm telling you now, and I'll pull up the list. I can't think of like. Uh, here's your QBRs, QBR leaders: Dorian Thompson Robinson, Cam Rising, or. DTR. DTR. Cam Rising or Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Penix Jr. Penix. Jaden Delora. Ooh. <sighs> Probably Oof. Cam. Cam's played more big games, more clutch. Probably go Cam there. Ooh. That's tough. It's, that's a close one. I and, and I think I think obviously everybody saw that Jetfish got a an extension at Arizona and, and well deserved. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I even think like a guy like, you know, what about Ward at Washington State? I'm probably healthy. I'm probably taking Ward. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you McKee look at, at Stanford. Uh, wasn't uh, KJ Jefferson was at Washington State and transferred out, didn't he? Yes. So like, you know, even at that time, I would have taken KJ Jefferson. Yeah, I think the interesting one is. I think the world of Tanner McKee, I probably value him too much. But I take all those guys, Knicks, Williams, DTR, Penix, um, Jaden Delora, mm, Ward, McKee. I think those guys are, I'm taking all those guys over Cam Rising. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean Cam's a bad quarterback. I just would take off, my preference would be those guys. Yeah. You know, like, it, that's just me. Tyler P, don't need Tavion. Uh, Jaquindon, Glover, and Bernard are enough. I, I, what is Jaquindon Jackson? What is that's in it? That's a really interesting one. Kanai says you should uh, win this game. Cam has been in big games before. He was injured, but he was still there. I agree. Uh, Tyler says Dixon has been great lately. Yes, he has. Clark Phillips was out last week. I haven't seen if he'll be active or not. Not having him would not be good. I think he's active. Oh, I would guess that good old Clark Phillips will it find was, a way. It was it was Colorado. Colorado without Prime. It was Colorado, so I, I that's not surprising. Yeah. How is carrying the championship? Who is who is carrying? It's on Fox at six o'clock. Um, you know, uh, San Diego State says even uh, Adrian Balboa knows uh, <laughs> the Utes have more than a puncher's chance to win tonight. Adrian, have you ever seen a single Rocky movie? No. Nope. Not no, interesting. Not even a minute. Nope. 30 seconds. Oh, Rocky is one of the greatest movies ever. Like, for instance. I mean, it's a crappy movie, but it's one of the greatest <laughs> crappy movies ever. Hey, guys. I mean, it's Stallone. Are you kidding me right now? I know. It's Stallone and all his steroids, and we get it. We get it. Giggity Do you says, even lift? Do you guys remember uh, that clown Bear Down Steve from the crappy radio oh, yeah. station? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prime oh, yeah. example. Prime. Arizona everything. 
No. Uh, a tree fell in the forest and no one uh, was there. Did it make a sound? It did um, not. Especially with snow on the ground, it doesn't you know. travel. I just remember that Arizona fans, remember when like there was the Sweaty Sean yeah, scandal dude. and you had the Red Rocket, Carrot Top at Point Guard and Nico, Nico, Nico. Oh my God, oh! we're going to be national champions. Nico, just let us have our gear and then you can oh decimate the program. Oh my God. And no punishment ever came, and no national championship ever came. And your head coach resigned. Arizona is still a massive disappointment because you suck. Yeah. Okay. I feel better. I feel better. Don't sass me, Burkus. Arizona (laughs) better accept a Big 12 offer before their basketball tanks. Yeah. That would be amazing. The answer is yes. Mike Maple says Kincaid was 16 for 230 and a touchdown. USC will double him all night. Make Utah beat them with someone else. Yes, you, have you have gotta to. Devon Bailey's got to have a hundred yard night, dude. Well, it's that's why somebody. Happen, dude. I don't know how you don't man over Dalton Kincaid. You have to. You, you have, have to. to bracket, buddy. Like you have to. Dude. You have to. Uh, Tyler P says, "Well, Utah basketball has been a dumpster fire for years. This is something to get my hopes up for. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, don't. Uh, Arlington Bears. MGM took a nine hundred thousand dollar bet on USC yesterday." Was that one of the officials in the game that affects me? Pac-12 officials. Uh, 900 grr on USC. Grr. Good Lord. Utah basketball has been down, but maybe turning the corner. Winning, star, uh, winning starts that. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Uh, Fat Jesus, yes. Let's have an entire show bashing you, Arizona. You of a-holes. Yeah. yeah I can't you know what I mean? That. Can't. Can't. Uh, does BYU... Get a DC today. I've been very quiet on that. I've been very quiet on that because I was terrified to hear the name Ed Lamb for defensive coordinator the other day. <sighs> Come on, dude. That Doesn't was... make you feel responsible. Seriously, when I heard, oh, well, what about Ed Lamb? A uh, little P came out. And as you can see, there's not much hope for you left. What I, the only thing I am willing to say because I've heard all kinds of wild theories about BYU's new DC. The only thing I'm willing to say is, if you hire from within, I'm punching you in the face. Let's consult the douche meter. Do not make the mistake of hiring or promoting from within for defensive coordinator. Yeah. You cannot do that. Well said. Go outside the program. Go outside the program. Program. Go outside the program and get it done. Yeah. Do it. Don't. Don't don't disappoint me. My wife is sending me pictures of her fit today. So she's wearing a Chicago Blackhawk hat today. Okay. Um, do not do not promote within. Go outside the program. Go outside the program for strengthening. And you better change. No, I'm not doing it. Uh, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler P says Tavion had some off field issues, family member deaths, and other things. He did. He should not have quit the team. Or been asked to leave. I don't know. Uh, Skeet, if I don't hear it from God, no one hears it. Dude. Uh, okay. My guy. Uh, Neville 93, let's get some people to hit the like button. Where yeah, are we at on. on likes this morning? Uh, 500 views, uh, uh, 25 likes. There's 123 people in the room right now. Can we please get everybody right now? Right now, hit the like button. You have a deal. Hit the like button right now. Let's get... Let's at least get... Let's get a hundo. Let's get a hundo, hundo right yeah, now. Just do it. Come on. Just do it. Hit the like button. Hit There's the like button. It's really easy. 126 people in the room. You know. Hit the like button. 
Hook it up. Let's go. And if you feel so inclined, subscribe. We're giving away jazz tickets if we get to 9,000 by the end of the year. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, we haven't been talking about that enough, probably. Yeah. We want to take you plus one to the Jazz Cavs game. You know that we're huge basketball fans. Donnie's coming at the Donnie. 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 If we can get to 9,000 subscribers by the first Subs. of the year, we're going to take the two of us are going to go to the game with you and a friend. Bonnie, please. We're going we're gonna to get a black car, and then we're going to take you into the team store. And quite literally, if you want to buy a sweatshirt, we'll buy you a jersey or a sweatshirt, anything you want, one item for you out of the team store. Because somebody said, what if I don't want a jersey? Okay. I want to wait for the purple ones. Okay. We get, a, get a sweatshirt. We get a, I'm telling you, yellow is the best color. Yeah. Plain and simple. So give us a subscribe. Give us a like. We really appreciate you guys supporting the show. And let's get it done. Let's go. Hundo today. You I want to see those triple digits. Let's go. Get it done. Okay, see, we bumped up. We yeah, doubled the number of likes we, we had. See, nice work. Now we're at 45. We're at 45. Come on, just five more people. Get yeah, us to 50. On. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, a couple more comments on the Pac-12 championship game uh, here on the Monty Show. Uh, Boyd Lake says Tanner McKee, very good player, better than Cam Rising. Uh, Utah football is going to win and destroy the Pac-12 and announce going to the Big 12. That would be hysterical. <laughs> that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Tyler Pieces, Penix is one of the best in the country. He is. Uh, guys from Denver, I am scared at a shitless to drive in the snow. Go USC. Okay, okay, okay. Can we talk about driving in the snow? Why is everyone... Let me ask you this. Uh, Nicholas, what kind of car do you have? Or if you don't want to say what kind of car do you have, do you have all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive, or rear-wheel drive? What are you working with? No, again, not everybody pimps like I pimp. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Like, not everybody has the ability right. to do what I do. You I'm know what man. I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, you, if you don't have all-wheel drive in this in this state, you're crazy. I'm for real. And hey, if you can't afford all-wheel drive, I totally get that. I'm for real. But please don't drive on in snow if you don't have all-wheel drive, first of all. Second of all, if you drive a Lexus, <laughs> A... You're, you're an Arizona basketball fan. We get it. should happen. If you drive a rear-wheel drive Lexus, you're dumb. <laughs> Y'all feel me? We're driving to work this morning at 4.30 on Bangator Highway. Bangator. 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 Um, and Jake and I are, are in Klaus, the Audi Quattro, which means all-wheel drive. Just Quattro chilling. 4. I was like, four you know. Right. Um. No problem. It's fine. Thank God, by the way. Remember I was complaining about having to buy yeah, new tires? Yeah, you were pissed off that you had to buy new tires after wearing through your first set. $2,300 well-spent dollars. Yeah. Um, no problem. But there's this Lexus trying to get up, trying to get up, and I don't remember. It may have been 53rd. I don't remember the yeah, there's like, you know, You're driving on Bangor, and there's some hills. Like there's, and you know. you're just like, hey, I have a rear-wheel drive car, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> wow. And excuse me. Um, this is why I don't drink carbonated drinks. Um, you're driving up the, the hill to get over an overpass and this Lexus is just stopped in the middle of Bangator Highway. Uh-oh. And the back wheels are just spinning. Yeah. And they're trying not to go backward. That's an issue. I'm not scared to drive in the snow. Not at all. I'm not. I am not. I love driving the Subi in the snow. I'm not scared at all. Brent Burnett says like. Nicholas says USC is gone. Vote for Pedro gave us a thumbs up. Skinny Dick Nick says a, a done. Uh, OL no D Donnie. Okay. 
Okay. Kyle J says, I need my highlighter yellow Fasanko jersey. We'll get Fisanko. you one. Fasanko. We'll get you one. Kurt Meyer says, yellow. Yes, the yellow jazz jersey is the best one. Brent Burnett says, you're welcome. I appreciate you. Uh, Tanner says, that sounds like a good deal, but I'm passing. I don't want to be in person to see Don blow out the jazz. <laughs> oh, I do. Come I on. do. Tanner, when are you going to stop making excuses and actually come spend time with the homies? Yeah. What, like, <clears throat> I, I don't get it. Tanner, Tanner just won't do it. If I bring a super soaker gun to the game, will you be upset? In all seriousness. Yeah. Come on. Ooh, we're at 48 likes now. Come on, people. Let's go. What did Nicholas say right there? Nicholas. Uh, hey, you don't baby in a you don't put baby in a corner. I don't know. I don't if know. You, what that, if I don't you know have two wheel means, drive, but... baby winds up in the yeah, corner. You I don't know, know what I'm saying? Kurt Meyer says as long as you don't show the park pollution. Listen, man. I was having fun, okay? Subi. So I told Jake specifically. Like when we went up to not Yosemite, uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. Yosemite. And (laughs) (laughs) come on, that's one of the greatest drops ever on this show. That took me a minute. I I didn't quite catch that first time around. That's one of the greatest drops. You guys remember when Donnie was like, Yosemites, Yosemite. Where is this? I need this in my life, dude. It's one of the greatest drops ever. He was trying to say, um, Yosemites, Yosemites. That's one of the greatest drops ever. Yosemites, Yosemites. <laughs> Amazing. But we Yosemites. Go up, we go up to Yellowstone. Yeah. And we actually stayed south. We were in the Tetons. We camped. Right. And I said to Jake, hey, we should all get in the Jeep. Don't want to drive two cars into Yellowstone. Did he listen? No. And you know why he didn't listen? <laughs> Maybe now, I'd like to drive now, sometime. Now, now right? I could like, be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, if you want to drive and there's four people, you need a bigger car. Well, I could be wrong. That's Jake A, speeding through Zion National what? Park. What? B, polluting what? Zion National Park. Degenerate. Absolute degenerate. Uh, the Big Mugamba says, you haven't lived in Utah until you've seen an F-250 pushing a Honda Civic up 80 in February. Oh, dude, oh. It's, it's bad. I mean, that's amazing. Tanner says, LOL, no, Jake. If you bring Super Soaker to the game, I wouldn't be upset because I know that you'd be referring to yourself and Alex Chacon. Right, right. Don't right, start. Right. Don't start. Right. Don't start. Uh, Brent says, Tanner, get kicked out with a Super Soaker fun. Exactly right. Uh, people need to go empty church parking lots and learn how to spin cookies. How I learned to drive in the snow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. like people don't put enough time into learning how to drive in the snow because it's really not that difficult. Yep. Uh, Fat Jesus says, I'll only go to the game if Jake watches Rocky. Halftime discussion about the movie. See, and this is the problem with, with you damn millennials, <coughs> You Yosemites. With all due respect. You won't watch like Rocky. No, no, I'm not watching Rocky. I'm not interested. How do you know you're not interested? I never said I wasn't interested. I said I hadn't watched it yet. No, terrible movie. Didn't say that. Terrible movie. Didn't say that. It's not, you know, like, it, it, it's not Lord of the Rings. So how how good could it be if it's not Lord of the Rings? Because it's garbage. I mean, listen, if it's not Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I need, uh, you know, if it's not Frodo. Well, listen, are there dragons and swords in it? Oh, there's not? No, that movie sucks. Yeah. Damn it. And it's my fault. I failed everybody as a parent. Uh, Tanner says, Jake, why won't you watch Rocky? It's not that I won't watch it. It's that buddy over here hasn't watched it with me. <laughs> Alex Chacon says, hey, man, I haven't even said anything this morning. Why am I being brought in? Yeah, you know what I mean? See, and that's and that's the thing, you know. Ah, that's Tanner Plummer for you, man. That's my guy. 
You know, you, you, a friendly fire, man. Like, that's a ricochet that hit Alex Chacon right in the shin. Yeah. Is this the oh, my God. Uh, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yep. Yep. Younger generations are soulless. We're getting somewhere. Hey. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And the only thing that younger generations have that we don't have is they went to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. <laughs> Nothing? I can confirm it has stopped snowing, by the way. Wow, that's neat. Uh, TridayTrading.com slash Monty uh, brings you all of our basketball talk on this show. Speaking of the jazz, anytime we talk jazz or the NBA, think TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Get off the hamster wheel, friends. Stop searching for that perfect side hustle that's never shown up because it's not going to. Oh, wait, it's actually here right now. It's TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Day trading is absolutely a way for you to not only stop your side hustle chase, but to become your own boss. Everybody should be aspiring to work for themselves. Our economy was never set up for you to collect a paycheck. Our economy was set up for you to open business and thrive. That's what you're ultimately after, right? Like, if you're sitting here today and you're like, hey, it's Christmas time, not sure how I'm going to, you know, get my son the Kung Fu grip on the G.I. Joe. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. If you're the one stuck on Bangor Highway in a rear-wheel, two-wheel drive car, and you're like, damn, I wish I could afford to get a new car that's all-wheel drive, Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. It is what I say it is. Don't take my word for it. Go and watch the free webinar at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. It's a free webinar. No obligation beyond just watching the webinar. And you're going to see that it is a transformative opportunity for you. And what that means is it's enough money where you don't have to side hustle anymore, where you don't have to drive DoorDash, where you don't have to drive Uber or Lyft. You stay home on snowy days because you work for yourself. You make the rules. You decide when you work. And it all starts by watching a free, no obligation webinar at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. It's that simple. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, let's see. Salutations, Monty Show, is what brother says. Let's talk about it. And I got a note ready. I got the note what? ready. Let's talk about what? What note do you have ready? Is that a jazz reference or... You know, uh, Jeremy Bolton says, good morning, casuals. Bolton, what's up, my guy? Good to see you. Mike Maple says, Tanner, you opened the soap gate and now we all bring it up. That's yeah, exactly yeah, right. You know, like, That's exactly right. Uh, Alex Chacon says, Tanner, I forgot about that. I take responsibility for that one. I'm not taking responsibility for anything. I don't even care, man. Yeah, Tanner, Tanner is that guy that's like, hey, man, I clipped the tape. I know what happened. Yeah, I got I got vids. Tanner, again, I'll just say. You are the reason that we talked about soaking. Hey, guys. One hey guys. P, that's on you. Hey, guys. That's on you. A hundred percent. Hey, let me ask you real quick uh, as we sit here this morning uh, with the biggest stories in sports talking about um, the Pac-12 championship game. Drop your score predictions because we absolutely need to talk about that. Let's talk a little jazz basketball um, because I do want to get into this idea of bench or start. Jordan Clarkson. Where do you come down on this? Because I think it's an interesting conversation in that Jordan Clarkson made his name in this league, really in a jazz uniform, as a sixth man. And Jake, in your opinion, and, and I think we differ on this, but in your opinion, has he been successful as a starter? Um, I mean, somewhat. I wouldn't say he's been a rousing uh, success. I think that he's been good 
for where this team is at, but he, if this was a, you know, a championship caliber team, he's not been good via that standard. I think that he's been serviceable. I, I, I would tell you that Jordan's best use is still as a six man coming off the bench, but you know, I, on his good nights, like, you know, the other night against the Clippers, the three ball was going in. So the transition threes he made, some of the plays he made, like he, he looked good the other night, but there are some nights where, you know, he takes some ill-advised shots. He, he does some things that you don't love. He won't make the corner pass when it's necessary. You know, there are some things he does that just are not great. So to me, has he been successful as a starter on this team? Yeah, I think it's been relatively successful. But in the bigger picture with where they're going, no, I don't think Jordan Clarkson starting is a long-term solution at all. I think Jordan Clarkson starting is not is not a long-term solution. I look at, you know, the the way that, again, that he cut his teeth on the Jazz was being a six-man, and I think it's one of the things that his team misses. And I think the return... And from what I understand, Mike Conley's coming along nicely. Rudy Gay should be back shortly as well. But the return of Mike Conley offers an opportunity. But here's the question. Can you start Conley and Sexton on the same floor? I think you can. I think that I think that you can because Conley brings enough leadership to keep things organized. The, the problem with JC and Sexton at the same time is they're both guys who run around with their hair on fire and they're not thinking about the bigger picture and running offense. So Conley and Sexton, I think, do work together. You just, Conley has to initiate offense. Like, as we were talking about on the show yesterday, the one thing I really like about Mike Conley is he typically will get you into your offense anywhere between 17 and 15, 14 seconds left on the shot clock, which by NBA standards is pretty good. You know, that usually means you're going to get a shot off by you know, four or five seconds left on the clock, which is plenty of time. So to me, yeah, I think you can run those two guys out there together. But again, Colin Sexton continues to be a project. You got to continue to develop him. Well, who are even your options, right? So Mike Conley's your starting one. Yeah. Who's your starting two? I mean, is Nikel Alexander Walker a guy that you can say, yeah, I want to start him? No. No, probably not. And if if you look at you know, your other guards, THT, is he a guy, Talon Horton Tucker, you would start? Nah. I don't think on the regular, I don't think you would. I think your only other option here is Colin Sexton or Jordan Clarkson. Let me pose this question, though, because I think it's really fascinating inside this conversation. As far as starting JC, so if you start JC, but you take him off the floor, kind of like what Quinn did with Rudy some nights, you're yep. going to start Clarkson, but you're going to take him off the floor, you know, seven minutes into the game, right? Halfway through the first quarter. And then you won't bring him back till halfway through the second. And then in that window, you're going to play, you know, your NAWs, your THTs, your Colin Sextons. That, to me, is just as effective as bringing uh, Clarkson off the bench and starting one of these guys. Is it, though? I, I, I think that Jordan Clarkson's a guy that is going to play 30 minutes a night no matter what. 30 Correct. plus, yeah. right? He, and he should, he should. Well, yeah. and he should because this is also a team that, remember, you're a bunch of guards and you're a bunch of center fours. You have no three on this team. Facts. Right, you don't have a you don't have that wing player that we always talk about. Right, correct. That, in my opinion, is what the real issue with Jordan Clarkson is. He's not a one or a two, and he's not a three. Mm -hmm. He is, on this team, purely a two. So you have to have a higher basketball IQ at the one, which is what worries me about Colin Sexton. I don't, I think he's evolving in that light. Yep. I think we've clearly seen him develop, 
right? We've clearly seen Colin Sexton develop into a, a, an on-the-ball point guard. And his basketball IQ has gone up because he's learned. My question is, can, can Conley and Sexton start together? And I just don't love that. And I think the answer on this Jordan Clarkson thing is, there's no other option but to start him at the two. I don't yeah. love it. I would much rather have him be the guy that comes in at six, seven minutes into the game. Yeah. Play him the rest of the first half. Bring him in. Like I, I would much rather see him in that role. But you don't have another option on this team. And this, again, goes back to do we make trades? Do we not make trades? And everybody's like, hey, we got to keep this core together. I'm telling you right now, if you're not going to get a dynamic 2-3 guy, you're just going to be what you are. Yeah. You need a guy who can... You need a guy that can be that 2-3 combo and who can score from the wing. You need the book, the Tatum. You need that body. You need yes. that skill set. And you don't have that. And so when you also, when you don't have that and you don't have an alpha male, you're going to struggle in the order that the Jazz are struggling in. Because, again, not to point fingers, but a guy like a Laurie Markkinen is not a number one. Thanks. And you don't have a number one on this team. And if people you, don't like that either, it, by the way. Well, and I and I understand why people, people don't like that. Yeah. I'm sure you don't. But when look at their look at their look at their front court. You you look at you look at a guy like Olinick, Walker Kessler, Yudoka Azabuki. Is there a starting NBA center in that group? There's not. There there is not. Like with all due respect to to KO, he's not a starting center in this league. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look at the power forwards you're running out there. You should be playing Laurie Markkinen at the four. That's where you should be playing him. But you're not. You're playing Vando. Guys like Rudy Gay, when he's healthy, is a four on this team. He's not a two-three a two three guy. Not anymore. Not in his career. And so now you go down the list a little bit, and it's like, all right, well, what about Fontecchio? That's a guy that you think should develop into more minutes, but he hasn't. Yeah. So you don't have it there. And then right now you're playing Laurie Markkinen and guys like THT at the three, when neither one of them is a three, THT is probably a two. And on his best days, he's a two. And Laurie Markkinen's a power forward. So you have this hole in your roster. And last year, you were super guard heavy. And what if, what if you make a, a, a deal and you bring in a, a dynamic two-three combo guy? What if you bring in a three-four combo guy? And when I say 3-4, a guy that can play either one of those, but is a 3, right? Because look at Boyan Bogdanovich was a 3-4 combo guy, and he wasn't either one. Right. Because he just, isn't, he just isn't athletic enough, right? You just don't have that body on your roster right now. Yeah, I think that... I guess we differ a little bit on Conley and Sexton together. I, I think that that can work. I just think that that you you under you have to take that with a grain of salt, meaning... Colin Sexton is still going to make mistakes. Like he's he, part of growing his basketball IQ is saying, okay, hey, you're going to start the game with Mike out there, and then we're going to sub JC for Mike, and right. then you're going to be the the one. And I want you to initiate the offense, and I want you to get those reps because I'm telling you, like this, you know, on the show I say a lot, hey, pay attention to the game within the game. Like obviously they're trying to win every game, but right. what I'm talking about is. How does Colin Sexton go about initiating offense? How does Colin Sexton go about balancing defensive intensity when when Mike is out there versus when he's on the ball number one? Right? Like these are little things that Colin Sexton 
has to balance and has to monitor and has to be aware of. So to me, my mentality would be, and I guess this is maybe where the difference is, it's kind of a philosophical thing. I think guys just need reps on this team right now. I know that I'm not trading Markkinen or Sexton. Those two guys are going to be the guys that I am probably, you know, air quotes, building around, if you will, for now. Right. 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 So, like, to me, I'm okay taking the beating on Colin Sexton a little bit. I need him to make those mistakes so I can have more Will Hardy and Colin Sexton arguing on the bench moments. But that has to happen now. Yes, Like, that exactly. has to happen now. So, but, it can't happen so, in, in, in the second half and into next year. So to bring this back to the question, hey, should JC still start or should he come off the bench or what should they do about that? I'd bring him off the bench. I would run Sexton and Conley out there to start games, sub Mike out for JC, and give Colin those reps. I would do that. But, again, it's a philosophical thing. Like, they yeah, obviously have much. a plan. Very much. It's philosophical. I agree with that. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um you know, you always hit, hey, yeah. dude, Tanner, there is no evidence. You started this. Uh, Arlington Bear says, Monty, I do work for myself and sitting here doing uh, the damn dishes right now. Exactly right, Carl. Dude. And, and you you're, know what? You're, you work for yourself, but doing the dishes is investing in yourself. Here's what's going to happen. Tonto. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Brent uh, Burnett says Clarkson has done well. Wouldn't matter if a, if a starter or off the bench. I don't like him nearly as much as a starter. Agreed. I mean, he he. The problem is, I think Sexton and Clarkson hurt Markkinen, and I I think the high volume shooting that you get from those two guys hurts Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, but I think it's also Markkinen hurts himself. Markkinen is not command the ball guy. He's and not. They need him to be that. He's not. He's not at all. I I would. I would agree with that. I, I think, yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's an interesting argument. Absolutely, it's an interesting argument. Uh, Brett Burnett says, Conley back is important. Better to have Sexton come in off the bench. Bro, a starter doesn't matter. Just want to, uh, him fresh and crushing it. Yeah, I don't disagree with yeah, that. But, but you see what I mean? Like, I think that's, a perf- like, that's, that's kind of the perfect point. Like, you can go about this so many different ways. And I'm saying that's how I would go about it. I would start Colin Sexton because he is the future. Bring JC off the bench. Keep him fresh. Keep him healthy. Keep him as a val- valuable yeah. trade asset. Like That's how I'd go about it. But again, I can see where Brent's coming from. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is going to be an eternal question. As long as he's wearing the note, you're going to be wondering, should Clarkson start or be a sixth man? Yep. And I understand why they're starting him. I truly do. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even have that much problem with him. You know, like it's, yeah, is what it is. Uh, let's see. Man, you guys on this are, are crazy. Uh, Alex Chacon says, keep Sexton starting. It would be a small backcourt again, but uh, Colin is really getting his legs back under him. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that 100%. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt he's getting his legs under him. I, and I like that a lot, actually. I like his development. I think that's, I think that's really important. Um, that you that he continues to grow. I I, I just think that there that's not optional. Yeah. For this team, uh, Neville says uh, start Sexton so he can develop faster and get the hang of being a starter. Keep Clarkson on too, but I don't know about the Vanderbilt. They should put Beasley. The problem is Jared Vanderbilt's also a limited guy. I, you're not playing Beasley and Vanderbilt in the same spot. No, but consider size too. You can't have Conley. Sexton and Beasley on the floor together most like for prolonged amounts of time like you gotta have some size out there man yeah I I Will Hardy drives me crazy right now he's evolving as a coach too I just no doubt about it 
He's evolving as a coach. I don't think it's something where, you know, they're, they're, yeah, I don't know. Uh, by the way, Jazz and Pacers tonight. Jazz are uh, minus four. Um, there is no number on that game. It's really odd. Vegas by the way. likes them some jazz, dude. They do, but it's really odd. Like ESPN uses Caesars, and there's no number. Uh, there's no over under. So, Jake, why don't you look that up real yeah, quick? Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Uh, but the Jazz are minus four tonight. And you're right. The Vegas does love them some, absolutely loves them some Utah Jazz, uh, which is interesting. No, tonight, I need to, you know. See, so you guys, when it snows and we're late, you know, things fall through the 238 cracks. and a half. 238. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yep. What is that? Like two, what is that? 118 points? Uh, That's crazy. It's in that neighborhood. Yeah, let's see. And the Jazz are minus 119. Four. 119. That's insanity. 238 and a half on that game. Yeah. How does that compute? Like That's shocking to me. I think what they're counting on is Miles Turner having 30. Yeah, they must. Is I mean, that a guy you would trade for, Miles Turner? Um, not worth where the Jazz are right now. I, I mean, if you're, if I was another team, absolutely. I, I think Miles Turner can be a high impact player. I, I think he could be, you provided he's got a point guard to work with in the pick and roll, who's capable of lobbing to him. Yeah, I think he could be a problem. I think that Miles Turner is uh. a, it has the toughness and the grittiness to play in the East if he wanted to. Um, obviously he plays there now, but like I, I, when I say the East, like a like a Boston or like a a, a Nets or like a, a contender. You know, he's got the grit to kind of put you over the top as a title contender. But I also think in the yeah. West, there are opportunities. I, I mean, I, I, I look at, you know, any of those teams that are trying to get better. You know, you look at, it's funny, you look at uh, the Lakers right now, and they they kind of need to figure out this AD thing. Like, I, I wouldn't mind trading, putting a package of three-teamer together that got the Lakers' Miles Turner. I wouldn't mind that at all. You know, I, I think that there are a lot of options. But for the Jazz... Miles Turner is just too high of a cost with where you're at right now. You're not ready for that. I think that this is just a year where wins and losses really shouldn't be that significant. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if we're talking about development of players, developing of Will Hardy is huge. I mean, I I think anyway. Um, And by the way, I think the Pacers are very good. Not very good. The Pacers are good. The Pacers, I think the Pacers are a playoff team. And that's why I'm not surprised they haven't traded Miles Turner yet because I think he and Buddy Heald are still big contributors for them. Yeah, I mean, the team changed when you traded, when you did the the Brogdon trade, you know, and, you know, and obviously the Halliburton Sabonis trade was was definitely a a fundamental change. Transformative. You know, to get Tyrese Halliburton and, you know, they, they went to Sacramento and died the other night. But I think a lot of teams are going to do that this year. But if if you look at a guy like a and I and I I'm a huge fan of Jalen Smith. I think it's really interesting that he just was not a contributor for the Jazz. Yeah. But he's gotten the opportunity now um, to to play heavier minutes, and you know that you're getting 22 points on 19 minutes from him against Sacramento is really a good, big. Dude spurt of growth 22 for him. minutes on 19 or 22 points on 19 minutes is damn good yeah but you get 28 minutes out of out of turner the other night four points six boards oh of three from three that's not good you know like but that team's a handful that team is a handful and i'm it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out because i don't know that miles turner has a real good matchup in this game but will they use miles turner the way that 
you know, Billy and the Bulls used Drummond the other night. Yeah, they will. I think that I think Turner has a big night against this team. The problem is I don't think Doke has a place in this game for the Jazz, though. No. I mean, you're gonna have to play No, that's what I'm saying. That's why the over under is so high. That's why the over under is at two thirty eight, because Turner's gonna have thirty in this game. You think he has thirty in this yeah, game? Yeah. I think he dominates them. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be he's a tough guard for the Jazz. Vanderbilt's uh, too small. Kessler is tall, but too slight. And Azabuki's too young and not capable. By the way, I made a call to the league office last night. Uh, me and Sylvie were talking. and You and Sylvie? Yeah, Adam Silver, the commissioner in the NBA, my good buddy. We're friends. Right, you, you, you and dude. Hey, guys. Yeah, we've never talked. Right. Uh, but I did chew his ass out because there was only one game last night. It was Pistons and embarrassing, Mavs. embarrassing, dude. <laughs> one game on a Thursday night. Caleb's probably sitting there like, yeah, that was that was a great game. Yeah, best team in the NBA. Yeah, best right, team. Pistons. 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 Uh, best team. But tonight, by the way, just real quick, because I know we got to get to football at 50. Bulls, Warriors in, in San Francisco. Huge game. Um, Where's your boy playing? What are you strengthening your forearm to tonight? Well, they're playing the Rockets at home. <laughs> <laughs> the Suns and Rockets. Uh-huh. That that game is in Phoenix. Bucks Lakers in Mil- Milwaukee. Chris Middleton makes his debut tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna miss it all because we're gonna be at, at. My wife wants to go and play pool and watch the game. I, Mrs. Monty wants to go out and play pool and watch the game. Are you here for that? Yeah, I mean, I don't have plans tonight. So, yeah, I guess oh, I am here. Well, I mean, oh, you're going to grace us with your... Well, I don't have plans. I mean, I guess I can hang out with you guys. Whatever. 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 How about that? Yeah, how about that? Uh, how about football? 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Are you, are you serious? You were not ready. Unbelievable. Uh, football, 50, 10 to the hour, every hour. <laughs> On the Monty Show. Do I break balls too much? I probably no, do. That's fine. I probably do. There's expectations. Yeah. That you're gonna. You, you, I mean, you do call me fat every day. Every day. At least five times. Religiously. Yeah, Chubbs. Uh, anyway, I don't know what Nick Chubb has to do with this. Swole. Uh, football 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. I want my pizza tonight. Yes. I was like all fired up about it. Uh, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more uh, at Papa Murphy's. Trust me, take Uncle Monty's advice. Download the Papa Murphy's app. It's the easiest way. Order your pizza right now and say you want to have it kicks off at 6. Hey, have the pizza pick up at 5. Make sure you order the take and bake chocolate chip cookies as well. Two pizzas. They'll be sitting on the to-go rack when you walk in the door, ready to rock and roll. Pick them up, walk out, get home, drop them on the Traeger smoker. Bada boom, bada bing. Done. Kickoffs at six, fresh pizza and cookies, ready to rock and roll. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Let's talk football right now, thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's. Um, What do you guys make of the Santonio Brown situation in Florida? In Florida. Did you hear about this? Former NFL uh, malcontent and I think mental health struggler, Antonio Brown. And I do think he battles mental illness. I, I just don't see any other explanation for this. He apparently had an altercation with a woman at his home. She was either living there or staying there. They had an argument that turned physical. He threw a shoe at her and then locked her out of the house. She called the cops. The cops issued a warrant for his arrest, and he refused to come out of his house when the cops came to serve the warrant. 
I just don't know what you do with a guy like this. Like, I don't think there's any reaching or quote unquote fixing him. You're watching another yay ye Kanye thing every day. I think he just is battling himself. I actually feel bad for Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think a key part of what happened the other day is they said that he had weapons in the house as well. So there was like a standoff and like it was it was a big deal. Like you you had them negotiating with him over a loudspeaker. Like it was not, you know, knock on the door and say, hey, Antonio, we're here. Why don't you get in the car? Like it was a big contentious deal. And I think that Antonio Brown, you know, like no disrespect, but you need help, man. And I think that, you know, hopefully he gets some help hopefully that this process allows him to get to a place where he gets help and i think that that's what needs to happen and you know it's sad yeah it is really sad but unfortunately like this is what happens when you don't have a no guy and you don't have systems in place and structure when you just make money and you do whatever the hell you want this is what happens yeah antonio brown just earlier this this month Actually, I think in November, was ordered to pay a moving truck driver $1.2 million after he physically assaulted the guy. And then, obviously, a year ago, he got cut from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after he melted down and threw his clothes into the stands. Uh, it's just really unfortunate. Yeah. It is really, really unfortunate. Um, one of the other stories I think is so interesting in the football world what do you make of this Deion Sanders story that Cincinnati has offered Deion Sanders Prime. their football coaching position to replace Luke Fickle, who went to Wisconsin? Right. Would you hire, if you're Cincinnati, are you hiring Deion Sanders? Yes. You as are? As soon as possible. Yes. Because I think that the thing with Deion that no one seems to talk about is Deion Sanders isn't going to go to a first, first P5 job. Yeah. You're not going to a, a, a school that is not, like, prolific in a sense. Like, you're not going to go, like, the problem with Colorado is they're Colorado. They haven't done anything, and they're a low-profile institution. That's the problem. So I think, and, and this is just my opinion, I think Dion wants to go somewhere that has had some level of success, but also somewhere that has more succeeding to do. And, and he wants to be that guy that takes him to the college football playoff, as an example. Which Fickle, obviously, you know, did he, did they get to the playoff under Fickle? Yeah, I believe they did last, last year. Last year they got there? Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, I think that Dion, Dion just wants to be somewhere that gets national recognition. I don't think Colorado really checks that box. Well, the Big 12 checks that box. And obviously Cincinnati going into the Big 12 and... I mean, that's a big hire for Cincinnati. I, I, I mean, do you trust Deion Sanders to build and run your program? I think I actually do. Yeah. I think Deion Sanders, the personality, I think he can recruit the hell out of, out of any household in this country. And I think he's shown that. I think he has absolutely shown that. Um, Brent Burnett says, Colorado sucks and would be a hard job compared to so many opportunities. Yeah, I just don't think they, like, I, I, for Dion, it's not a fit, oh, in my that's opinion. funny. Brent also says, uh, Brown is screwed. He needs he needs Wilson. Okay. Castaway movie reference for those who don't know who Wilson is. The volleyball. I know who Wilson is, bro. The, have you seen Castaway? Yes, many times. Ooh. It's a great movie. Okay, good. Just checking. More, uh, Forrest G says, morning, fellas. Go Jazz. Let's do it. Uh, Travis Bird, Big Daddy Magic. Uh, says, Monty and Jake, you need knowledge. Josh Allen is your beloved MVP. 
Yeah, we'll see. He played pretty well last night. He played pretty well last night. Um, Alex Chacon says, wait, is Sanders leaving Jackson State? Yeah, I think most people believe he is. I, I, think, I think he is. Brother says, I feel bad either. Uh, but if he's, a, if he's in trouble, they need some help. Call the therapy or attorney. Antonio Brown is a great guy. They need to, some bad. He needs some help. I agree with that. Agreed. He, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, Tanner Plummer says, primetime be like, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. Exactly right. Yeah, dude. Uh, Boyd Lake says, fat religiously? Okay. Okay. Uh, Josh Lovern says, better QB, Wilson the volleyball, Russell Wilson, or Zachy Poo Wilson? Uh, I'm going to go Wilson the volleyball. I'm going to go Wilson the volleyball. Yeah, Wilson the volleyball. I yeah. would agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, man, if prime goes to Colorado, that's going to make the rivalry between Utah and Colorado interesting. That'd be fun. I would be surprised, dude. Fab, F. Antonio Brown, signed Raider Nation. Exactly right. Exactly right. Boyd Lake says, A.B., another dude imploding in full view. Did you guys see the Kanye interview on Alex Jones yesterday? Dude. First of all, I just said Kanye went on Alex Jones yesterday. Yeah, we got video in there if you want to play it. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what... I don't know what to, I don't, oh, here it is right here. I don't know what people are doing or what people are thinking. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us. And you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts. And you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm wow. Like, first of all, he is talking about, he's talking about Hitler right there on Alex Jones. Yeah. And like, no, he did not invent the microphone or the microwave. By the way, did I mention he's wearing a stocking on his face? He's wearing like a mask. That's Kanye West under that mask. Yeah, which I think is hysterical. What are we doing? Like, I, I look at these guys. And again, I don't know. I don't know. Yay or whatever the hell his name is today. But tell me again that that guy's not battling mental health. Yeah. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Like that is that I was actually we were watching that on Twitter. Everybody was tweeting about it. We were watching it on Twitter. I was actually just I felt awful for Kanye. It's disturbing. It is disturbing. Like it's really disturbing. But again, it's guys like Antonio Brown. It's guys like Kanye. It's all these guys who can't get out of their own way. Yeah. And they just don't have the facilities to to help themselves and it's why we've got to stop having mental health in the in the the shadows in the alleyways we've got to bring it out front uh football 50 10 of the hour every hour presented by our good friends at papa murphy's pizza papa murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza step one carefully knead dough step two artfully spread sauce step three add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings step four Realize we already did all that for you, so all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. 
I mean, that, it, 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 use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more uh, at Papa Murphy's Pizza. I see all of you commenting on Kanye. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, Mike Maple says Kanye is banned on Twitter. Yeah. I thought they reinstated him. Now he's banned again. Oh, dude. Yeah, I just... He put I, up a post of a swastika, and that's what got him banned. Yeah, I, you know what? I've, I just... I, I feel so bad for those guys. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. And, I mean, obviously, there's not, not many parallels, but you watch guys like Kyrie. Does, does anybody say to Kyrie Irving, hey, dude, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you're, you're making $37 million, and you're not old, and you have a chance to make hundreds of millions of dollars more? Maybe tone down the rhetoric <clears> and <throat> be less controversial. Make more jump shots. Prioritize money-making. Does anybody say that? Like, look at Kanye's lost over a billion dollars in net worth. Yeah. Does anybody say to Kanye, hey, man, we got to get you help. What would happen to Kanye if his mom had not passed away? That's the one question that will haunt me. Uh, I was actually tweeting with Rex Chapman about this yesterday because I'm kind of a big deal. Um, and I think it's a really good question. If Kanye West never loses his mother, how, how much better off is he? Yeah, probably a lot better off. Because I, I think it's significantly better off significantly better off. It's just, it's so scary to me that you watch these guys and you see what happened, you know, like, yeah, Jeff, absolutely. Kanye has lost it. it it's, it's crazy. Uh, Tanner says, you know, it's bad when Alex Jones becomes the reasonable one. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly right. Brother simply says, wow. Yeah. Tyler P says, is this what the Kardashians do to people? Not Infowars.com. Not Devin Booker. Nope. Buddy said I'm out. That's right. I'm out. Um, Brent Burnett says Kanye just wants his gal back. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, Christmas Spirit Gabriel says, holy smokes, I never catch you guys live. I just did, LOL. Glad I found this channel because I find it funny as heck. Appreciate it. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe. hit the like button, sir. Hit subscribe. Give us a like. We appreciate that. We're up to 65. Listen, there's 106 people here right now. Let's get to 100 right now. Yeah, come on. Let's get to 100 right now. It doesn't now. take much. 35 people hit the like button. I know a lot of you have already. 35 people hit the like button. Hook it up. Give us Let's some likes. Go. Let's get to 100 right now. Um... Let's see. T. Lawrence says Cincinnati is a better job than Colorado and South Florida. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, UC is built to win now, and the Big 12 Conference is on stronger footing than the Pac-12. Primetime in the natty would be will happen. That would be crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine Deion Sanders winning a national championship but that's as what, a coach? That's the kind of opportunity My he God. needs. Yeah, I agree. Brent Burnett says banning is so stupid. Just ignore and suppress it rather than ban it. Yeah, I don't know. Next comment. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, I'm not here for that today. Brother. What? Not here for the controversial convos today. Uh, Kanye is losing his mind, and I don't know why he's talking to every single uh, person because people are taking advantage of him. What do you mean, why is he talking? Yeah. Do you know how desperately Alex Jones needed that yesterday? Infowars.com. I mean, Alex Jones is dead in the water. He's over a billion dollars in debt now. Infowars.com. Because of the Sandy Hook judgments. The guy needed it, like desperately. Don't forget... Um, don't forget, rumor knows everything. Be careful. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the Nye guy says, Kanye is crazier than a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, Arlington Bear says, if you could have yay on the show, Monty, uh, Monday, would you? No, I would not. I would not. I, and uh, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. We're, we, are not, uh, we don't need it. 
We don't need it. We're happy to be the hacks on YouTube, man. We're happy to be that show that does, you know, we broadcast from Jake's basement. You know, we were talking about it yesterday, but everybody used to say, like, oh, you broadcast from your son's basement. <laughs> and that, that moment, you know, you have a basement. Yeah, I don't have a basement. But the point is, we're happy to be the hacks on YouTube that broadcast in Jake's basement. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we're doing just fine. We're doing just fine. Mike Maple says, spot on, Tanner. Uh, so the answer is no, I would not have Kanye on the show. Uh, Tyler P says, if Kanye never had been with the Kardashians, would any of this have happened? Yes, it would. Yes, it absolutely would. And I disagree with you. Chloe did not damn near kill Lamar. Chloe Kardashian, what she did for Lamar Odom, and I'm not even self-aggrandizing any of that. Lamar Odom and I have talked about this. And Lamar Odom is an incredible addict. It is insane. Way back in the day when I worked in Los Angeles and at Sporting News Radio, Lamar and I had like a two-hour conversation. He called in to do an interview, and we talked about his child passing away. He had a, a... a little daughter of his past. And he, he was pretty straight up about it. He's like, yeah, like it crushed me and it changed my life. And he is, he is Kanye West is mentally ill. Lamar Odom's not mentally ill. He is absolutely a raging addict. And for those of you who don't know, he died in a whorehouse in Nevada, Lamar Odom. He's in this whorehouse in Nevada and I'm not making this up. Go look. And he is just, crazed out of his mind on substances like drugs, alcohol. He dies in that whorehouse. Yeah. They save his life. And Chloe stayed with him and was loyal to him. And she's that gal. Tristan Thompson has cheated on her 18 ways to Sunday. Right. And they have kids together. She's that girl. Chloe Kardashian did not ruin Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom ruined Chloe Kardashian in my opinion. Okay, is a hell of a drug. You know, uh, Mike Maple says Kanye brought up Chris Paul too. He did? I didn't hear that. Uh, Tanner says Arlington, if they brought Ye on the show, they would lose a ton of listeners and rightfully so. Yeah, I just wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. If we, Jeremy Bolton says, if we get to 100 likes, we continue to call Tanner the super soaker. Let's do it. Let's do it. Where are we at? We are at 76 <laughs> no, likes. No, no, no. Just jump to 76. Yeah, I went from 66 to 76 that quick. Yeah, after come on. One let's comment. go. 24 likes to go. Come if on. we get to 100 by... If we get to 100, there's 100 people watching. Let's make it interesting. It's 808. Can if we, we keep... get to 100 by 810. Two minutes. In the next two minutes, if we get to 100 likes, we will no longer call him Tanner Plummer. He will only be the super soaker. <laughs> Again, there's evidence this is not our idea. This is not our idea. Yeah, not our idea. This was not us. You, you know, I'm just saying. Um, there's seven. We're at 78. Come on, let's Come go. Come on. Come on. You got a minute and a half. Tanner is to go. Tanner is sweating this out. Yeah. Uh, Kanye Christopher says Kanye and Antonio Brown have gone off the deep end for sure. Yep. Jeremy, no, I'm not going there again. Tanner says. Well, you better hope we don't get to 100 likes in the next 90 seconds. 81. Oh. <laughs> 81. <laughs> 81. <laughs> Uh-oh. 81. Yeah, maybe we'll put... Look at Kurt Myers right there. Kurt Myers says he wants Monty merch with the Super Soaker on it. Damn. Mm. Uh, Mike Maple says claimed he caught Kim with Chris Paul. Yeah, he did claim that. That's right. Did he really? Yeah, he claimed that, yeah. I So I didn't watch large swaths of the interview. I yeah. watched about 20 seconds of it, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I just could not do it. Um, wow, that's crazy. Riley O'Brien says, let's go. Okay, where are we at? Where are we Jeremy at? Jeremy Bolton says, you fools better hit the like button or it's Caruso talk every 
uh, every sixth of the month at sixth on the hours. Exactly right. We are at 85. Oh, oh come on, God. you guys. Come One on. minute. One minute, minute, 15 people come need on. to hit the like button. One minute. How many come people on. are watching? Come on. 106 people right now come are on, watching people. this show. We just need 15 people to hit the like button who haven't hit it yet, and Tanner Plummer will forever be known. <laughs> Look at Alex Chacon. I instantly hit the like button. <laughs> I'm telling you. Let's go. Let's go. Tanner says, I don't care about the 100 likes because the facts speak for themselves. <laughs> Come on, let's go. You got 86. Come on, you guys. 30, we got like 30 seconds. We got like 30 seconds. People won't do it. We won't. Um, let's see. Tanner, you might look at Forrest G. We need super soaker merch. Dude, Tanner, we, 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 we may need to uh, talk to you about getting your face on a shirt, man. The Nye guy says, uh, I broke my finger on the like button. <laughs> <laughs> we did, I don't think we made it, though. We did not. We're, oh, we're at 90. Yeah. We're at 90. Okay, so I'm going to count to 20 right now. I'm going to count to 20 yeah, right now. Single up on yourself. Let's, let's get the iPhone let's out. Get the, let's get the get timer the out. Get the iPhone out. Yep. And if we get to, let's go to zero. Let's go up to 20. Boy, Tanner is living dangerously. 20 seconds. Okay. Single up on me. There's 20 seconds. Come on, let's go. If in the, by the time this thing expires right here, come on, come on, you guys, if we get to a hundred, it's not probably going to happen. Is it? Dang. It's not going to happen. Five, four, three, two, one. Ah, no, short. It's Damn. over. Okay. You're saved, Tanner. Tanner. You're, you're saved, saved, dude. You survived this you time, made my it. guy. Uh, let's see. Mike Maple says, Tanner, the 100 is a true show of love. It absolutely it is. It really is. Extend the clock, Kurt Meyer says. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner says, well, it's 810, man. I take the L. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Grocock, Super Soaker, and Driftwood together on a shirt. Hey. Exactly right. Forrest G says, I struck the, tip, uh, struck the tip of my finger on the like button and just left it there. No movement. Yeah, sorry. I'm disappointed in you six listeners that didn't hit the like button. Yeah, me too. I got to tell you, you know, being at 96. Oh. oh, my God. We came up four shorts. Oh, you know what? You know what? Our excuse can be the mail-in ballots are still coming in. That's right. The mail-in ballots are That's still right. coming Carrie in. That's right. Carrie Lake is counting the mail-in ballots, right? She's <laughs> claiming the election. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, Brent Burnett says, add free lotto tickets, need a bribe. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what's the power. So Look up the power yeah. right now. Okay, hang on. I don't even know what it is. All right, 812 on the Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Make sure you find them online at theadvocates.com for all my Arizona listeners now as well. Uh, the Advocates have an office not just here throughout the state of Utah, but absolutely they are in uh, Phoenix, Arizona now. So if you're in Arizona or Utah and you need help with an injury attorney, theadvocates.com, it's the only way to go. Um, I just cannot say enough. I've known Matt Triggs and the guys at The Advocates for over a decade Um they're just, number one, really good human beings. And they actually employ empathy to their clients. They understand that when you've been in an accident, it's a snowy morning. You're just trying to get to work, right? And some idiot driving like a fool hits you, totals your car. What are you going to do now? They understand that that's one of the worst days of your life. That's why they're called the advocates because they are going to be your advocate. They're going to fight for you. And it's one simple step. Just get to theadvocates.com. There's a free chat feature on their, on their website. You can talk to attorney online. 
Um, and whether it is an injury situation, a car accident, you know, a motorcycle accident, maybe it is a slip and a fall, maybe you got hurt at work. If you're looking, if you and your family need help with social security and disability, theadvocates.com, they are here to help you right now today and you don't go into your pocket. There are no retainers, there are no consultation fees. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Um, really appreciate you guys liking the show. Uh, we're at 99 likes right now. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, college football playoff is a big deal this weekend with all of these bowl games. Let's talk about who you guys think is most likely to get upset in the conference championships. Obviously, it starts tonight with Utah and USC. And again, it drives me crazy that people say, oh, well, Utah's got a puncher's chance. They've got more than a puncher's chance. Yeah. I, 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 I think if you're going to pick an upset, you're not probably going to take K-State over TCU. You're not probably going to take LSU over Georgia. You're not probably going to take Purdue over Michigan. I could see North Carolina. North Carolina. You know, beating Clemson in the Subway <laughs> ACC championship. I could see UCF and Tulane, nobody cares. Let's move on. I can see Utah beating USC in the Pac-12 championship game tonight. Yeah, Utah's getting major shade, man. Like, I, I obviously last hour I picked SC to win the game, but I think that to say that it's just a puncher's chance is a little ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're a better team than that. But Why? What is the... If because you, I think they've shown they can beat SC already, and I think that SC's a different team than they were... Uh, they're a different team today than they were in the first game, and I think, you know, it, obviously, again, I, I, I know I keep saying this, but the indoor football game thing is a big deal. Like, playing inside means that you're not worried about it snowing or anything. It's you against the other team, and that's all you have to worry about. Like, is someone yeah. going to miss a kick tonight? Is there going to be a turnover? Like, those X factors are what decide these kind of games. So if you said to me, hey, they're playing in Salt Lake, I'm taking Utah all day, right? With the weather and the cold and everything going yeah. on. Yeah. But they're not. They're playing at Allegiant in Vegas. That's a totally different vibe. Yeah, imagine if that was a home game. Yeah, totally different vibe. Have to take the use. Snow, like, cold. Yeah. yeah. But it's not. You know, like, I think that's one of the big factors. And I also think, you know, what is Dalton Kincaid look like? You know, what is... What is, how healthy is he? I, like, I'm not worried about Cam. If Dalton Kincaid plays, I think there is a real good chance that this team, this team scores 40 points. Uh -huh. If Dalton Kincaid plays, I think there's a real good chance that the Utes score 40 points. And if that happens, I think there's a real good chance that this team wins the game. Yeah. But Dalton Kincaid's got to play and he's got to be healthy while he's doing it. And he has to be fully effective because Cam Rising, if Cam gets a total yard number on Cam Rising, if Cam's 350, 400, I think it's absolutely more than a puncher's chance. Yeah. More than a puncher's I'm chance. I'm with you. I don't like that saying. That's At disrespectful all. as hell. You know, like, it, it, it's just, <coughs> yeah, I, I think that you have to, in my opinion anyway, I think you have to give, you have to give Utah more respect than that. Uh, Greg Hawkins. Guys, how did TCU get to the college football playoff before us? Well, they beat a, a hell of a lot of good teams this year. Oh, and it's and it is it's Oklahoma, it's Kansas ranked. They're all ranked. Oklahoma, Kansas, OK State, Okie State, K State, Texas at Texas, DKR. They beat Texas, right? They beat Baylor. You know, like I mean, it is 
it is a it is a pretty impressive route to the Big Twelve championship. Yes. Now they haven't gotten to the college football playoff yet. They're going to have to to win tomorrow. It's odd though. Did you guys see that the Big Twelve championships is an an eleven central kickoff? Yeah. That's weird to me. The Big Twelve, little brother. Yeah, and that game, by the way, is at Texas Stadium in in uh, or at Cowboy Stadium in in Arlington. Jarrah World. Inside on turf. I mean, look. K-State's not a pushover. K-State's legit. And you look at some of their wins. Again, they beat Oklahoma, but my mom beat Oklahoma this year, right? Yeah. Um, you know, their their first matchup with TCU was not a blowout. That first matchup with TCU was 38-28. Um, and again, Duggan was 280 and three touchdowns with no turnovers. Uh, Kendra Miller in that game had 153 yards and two scores. Yeah. Like, they dominated in that game. But... I also point out that it's not as though K-State couldn't play with, with Texas Tech. I mean, you look at the numbers in that game, TCU, or excuse me, Texas Tech, couldn't play with TCU. TCU put up 495 total yards in that game. Yeah, That's the biggest thing about TCU is their offense is prolific. Yeah, That's why they are where they are. You look at Cam, again, the limitations are always the same on, on Utah football's offense. You're not explosive. You don't have quality at, at, at wide receiver. And you've had a lot of this Tavion Thomas thing. Yeah. The biggest problem with Tavion Thomas is it perpetuated drama. And this Utah team, they didn't need their quarterback quitting. They didn't need players, you know, passing away off the field. They didn't they, like You didn't need that. You didn't need Tavion with all of this off the field stuff. And I don't care if he quit or they kicked him off the team. It doesn't matter to me. It's drama. Yeah. It's drama. And now you've got Utah football players having to say, well, you know, we're focused on the guys that are here. You know, it, it's just, it was, it's more drama, right? And Cam Rising is arguably the best quarterback you've had, certainly under Kyle Whittingham. Yeah. But you still have this drama component. And now, now, by the way, you don't have wide receivers that are prolific. Keithy being hurt's a big deal. Dalton Kincaid stepped in to fill that gap. Is Dalton 100%? I don't know. But if they put up 350 to 400 yards, if Cam Rising accounts for 350 yards, they're going to tr- probably win the game. Yeah. I for agree. him to do that, Dalton Kincaid's got to have a big day. Totally. Totally. And I would guess they'll, they'll double Dalton all night. Yeah. Uh, Brent Burnett says, TCU crazy turnaround from last year. Yeah. Transfer portal. Did we get to 100? We did. 103 likes. Go. Hey, how about Let's that? Go. How about that? Unfortunately, it's 10 minutes too late. But we appreciate it. Uh, Utes win because of Coach K. Uh, you, Mike Shashevsky's coming to the game, or what do you mean? <laughs> um, Kurt Meyer says, "Let's go, Tanner." Rah rah. Uh, Tanner won. <laughs> oh yeah, and he says, "Hey, uh, Montes, how did that L taste?" You know, I mean, I we'll was fine. I wasn't rooting for you to lose. I mean, it would have been fun. Would have been good for the. I mean, show. it tastes pretty good because now we're at 103 likes. Provo Cougar fan says, fight on USC, go Trojans, demolish the Utes. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Provo Cougar fan coming in. Mike Phillips says, Utah play has not been trending in a good direction. They should have beat Oregon. Should have, could have, would have, but they didn't. Candy's and nuts. Right? It's not last year. It's this year. Uh, Big Daddy Magic says, Utah will knock out USC. Let's hope not. If you're a Pac-12 fan. Yeah. Sorry, you fans. SC needs to win this game. If USC goes to the college football playoff, how important is that for Klyovkov and the Pac-12? Hey, guys. Dude, 
That's a huge moment in yes. time. Yes, clutch. That is a huge moment in time. I'm saying you got to go SC tonight. Huge, huge moment in time. Josh Lovren says Utah has four L's and play in the Pac-12. Okay. Well, what does that even mean, dude? What does that mean? I have no idea what that means. Mike Phillips says Cam has to be smarter with the ball he does. Uh, Caleb uh, Lovren says Caleb Williams is playing better now than uh, the last time they met, too. Well, I mean, Caleb was going to win the Heisman. But what you can't get away from with USC is it gets dangerous for them when they get in shootouts. Yeah. And when you're playing against a defense like Utah that's very opportunistic and very good against the pass, they've also gonna get a, they're also getting a second look at Caleb Williams. You want to give Kyle Whittingham and this talented secondary a second look at your quarterback throwing the ball? Because I don't. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to come up with something new. Keep it real. And Lincoln Riley's a hell of a coach. Kay Nuren says Utah goes to the Rose Bowl and wins. That'd be awesome. Not for the Pac-12, though. Uh, Brett Burnett says Utes lost some games that they easily could have and should have won at the end, but choked. Well, the Oregon game is no better example than that. Oh, I, I think there's several. I, I think the UCLA game, Oregon, Florida, like, you know, the Florida game is probably the biggest kick in the balls, if you will, because... Kick in the balls. You know, like, that's a game you should have won. Kick in the balls. And I don't think anyone disputes that. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think it's, I think it's interesting to see where, um, you know, where you... I don't know. I, here's my question. Could have, should have? Is that worth anything? Does could have, no. should have mean anything? No. Could have, should have doesn't mean a damn thing. Like, could have, should have is, yeah, I, you know, should have got gas and I ran out. Well, cool. Neat. Right? Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I think it is, I think it'll be interesting to, I think it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. Yeah. Um, interesting note, by the way that Sean Nua is rumored to be the uh, next defensive coordinator uh, of the BYU Cougars. Okay. Which could be really interesting. Um, a DM from a, uh, a, a fairly interesting fellow um, says that Sean Nua is likely to be the next defensive coordinator. Okay. Do you like that? Um, I will be honest. I'd have to do my homework on Sean Nua. Well, BYU ties, obviously. USC, he's US, US, a coach at USC right now on the defensive line. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's true. I'm not telling you that's a fact. Um, but if Sean Nua is your, your defensive coordinator, are you happy with that? I'm actually happy with that. I mean, obviously, he's a guy that played in the league. Obviously, it's a guy that played at, U, at BYU. Um, and he's got extensive defensive line experience in the Pac-12, which you really like. And I think it's very interesting that this is a guy who also coached for, um, load, please. Thank you. I uh, coached a D line at Navy. Yeah. Coached a D line at Arizona state, coached a D D line at Michigan, coached a D line at USC. Like he's got extensive experience. Um, he's won a Super Bowl as a player, which I think is huge. Yeah, I mean, he's got credentials. I mean, it, but he's got BYU ties. I yeah. think he works. Yeah, oh, he works. I mean, yeah, like resume-wise, he works fine. Obviously, you know, like you just said, BYU ties. But I, I look, I, I think that let's not, get, let's not get way ahead of ourselves and say, is this guy a good fit? The true answer to is he a good fit is I, is the defensive line going to play better against the run? Are you gonna are you gonna play a true four three with two eye safeties? Like what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like are we actually gonna get man to man? 
Like until I see that, then I'll tell you if he's a good fit or not. But I, but just on a surface level, yeah, guy's got experience. He's he's you know coached in major programs, obviously Super Bowl. Like yeah, clearly the guy's got some skill. Clearly the guy knows what he's doing. So I would hope that that's an upgrade. And uh, you know, it's I'm just texting with, with some folks, so I apologize for being distracted. Um, it, it is it is interesting to me that. It kind of explains the timeline because a lot of people have been asking me, well, why haven't we heard? And it's odd we haven't heard. I feel well, like everyone wants them to just name somebody like tomorrow. Like, well, I, I, but listen, I think as we talked about earlier in the week, I mean, he knows who he's going to hire. He knows who he's going to hire. Kalani knows who his next defensive coordinator is. But Sean Newick obviously has some other things he's got to handle tonight in Las Vegas. Yeah. Right? So if you're Sean Nua and you win this game tonight and you go to the college football playoff. Are you leaving the team to come be the defensive coordinator at BYU before the college football playoff? No, you're probably not. And you're not announcing that until you're done. You're probably not. I, I think it is, it is, it's going to be really interesting to see exactly how all that plays out. Um, and exactly what that looks like, but he's a phenomenal hire. And I think he's one of the guys that we talked about earlier this week. I mean, you just cannot, in my opinion, you cannot hire from within on this. Yeah. And I, I know I said this earlier. Um, and again, we're talking about this because uh, we're hearing that um, Sean Nua yeah. uh, is the defensive, defensive coordinator to be at. Yeah, at, leading, leading candidate to be defensive coordinator at BYU, which is fine, which is fine. I agree. You probably didn't want to hire from within on this. You wanted to get some fresh blood in the program. Totally get it. Um, you know, I, I think that that. The guy has skill. He's got a resume. But I'm done just saying, oh, yeah, it's a good hire because he won a Super Bowl. Great. What you does that a, mean? You, you won a Super Bowl. That's cool. But can you coach? Can you can you take a garbage defensive line, a, a defensive line that had no ability to stop the run, and can you change that, both through recruiting but also through coaching? Can you solidify your defense in the trenches because that's where it starts like i know all season long we talked about linebackers and before this year last year it was safety play and them being lost and being in the wrong spot notice we didn't really talk too much about the safeties this year what did we talk about we talked about the defensive line and having having guy like defensive ends cover the flat having linebackers missing assignment max Tooley trying to do too much right so to me the core issues on the defense right now are stopping the run. If you stop the run, a lot of your problems go away. And so that's why I say, does this guy look good? Yes, absolutely. Sean Nua looks very capable, very, a lot of credentials, seems skilled, seems to know what he's doing, seems like a good hire. But I think we do guys injustice when we say, yeah, that's a good hire before we've even given them a chance to show us what they can actually do. Yeah, well, um, one of the guys I'm talking to right now is saying that he's making $565,000 at USC uh -huh. as a defensive coordinator. Whew. Yeah, well, like you want good talent, you got to pay for it. That's a lot of money. And again, um, this goes right back to all the mid-level changes in the money-making machine at BYU we discussed last week, right? Where, where you're not, where you have long-time loyal every year boosters who are pissed you know that their widget making company that they were told would be exclusive is no longer exclusive and they're leaving the program yeah right? I, like, I don't know that's going to be interesting to see what what he's actually making that seemed I, I 
I mean, is Kalani Sataki going to have the budget to pay Sean Nua a million dollars to be his next defensive coordinator? I don't know. I mean, I, I can't believe. Well, he is only he he, but but he is only the offensive line coach. So he's not the defensive coordinator at, at USC. I think we have to remember that if he's making five sixty five at USC, are you going to pay your defensive coordinator a million dollars? Because I would I would guess I would guess that's what it's going to take. You know, I don't I don't know what Elisa Tuiaki was making. Um, yeah, you I know, know, but. Probably not a ton. Yeah, I, comparatively I mean, speaking, of course. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, so, report says that Sean Nua is uh, the next defensive coordinator uh, at BYU. Right off the top, if that's the case, I'm not reporting that. I'm just telling you that we're hearing that from a pretty good, you know, source at BYU. Um, if that is in fact the case, I, I actually really like the hire, um, and my my guess is is that he fits seamlessly in the Kalani staff. Um, I think it's going to be tough to get him in the next three weeks. And obviously this is an important recruiting window. Um, this is an important practice window as well, because you're, you're getting extra practices with the bowl game. You're getting extra recruiting. Um, I think this is an incredibly important time of the year, December and January make or break a lot of programs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how all that pays out, but, um, it'll be interesting to see exactly where, where this comes down. The money thing's really fascinating to me. The the money thing's really fascinating to me. Yeah, because it's it's cumulative. It it, it compounds. Like you you haven't had like you did the Bill Parr deal, but it's not like you've been lighting the world on fire with advertising deals lately. Fresh ones, I mean, right? You've had your base of deals, but fresh ones. And so when you're not bringing in fresh money into the program, you have to figure out, okay, well, just how much can we pay Sean Nua? Because to be a DC, it's probably going to take a milli. Well, and from what I understand, he is—he uh, does not have a buyout. He does not have a buyout at USC. Um, and the the belief is that his his BYU DC salary would be between six and six sixty five. Okay. So I mean, that's a pretty good number doable, for yeah. for a defensive coordinator. Um, and of course, now my phone is ringing like crazy. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. Yeah. I Sean knew it would be a very good hire. Yeah. It, it would be a good hire on a surface level, but, but I, I think that, you know, on this, uh, on this topic, in this situation, like, I think that you, you just have to, this is what I said about the jazz when they were winning all that game. Right. I feel the same way about this. Yeah. Great hire. But does it go from a great hire to an elite hire? If he can stop the run. Conversely, does it go to a bad hire if he doesn't do anything, if it was just all paper noise and not actually translating on the field? That same way, I don't think Kalani would hire someone who he didn't believe could perform. So that's what I'm saying. I think this guy has skill. I think this guy, I know this guy has a resume, and he's got experience. But the hmm. fact is, in football, it comes down to performing. And I don't want to sit here, or I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, yeah, yeah. this is some great hire when and then you know come fall camp we're still talking about stopping the run like i hope that we see good recruiting this offseason through the portal hopefully there's some nil traction that comes into the program and you're able to 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 make some noise that's what has to happen especially headed into the big 12 well the interesting thing is uh from what i understand he was making 435 
um, at Michigan. He was making, well, and I mean, that makes sense. If you go to USC, you got to pay more uh, for your staff there because obviously it's Los Angeles. Your cost of living is significantly more. I mean, let's call it $600,000. Let's say he makes six hundred at BYU. That's a big raise. Especially if you can stop the run. Well, but no. Like, <laughs> Think about the financials of that. Yeah. Though. Seriously, look at that. Yeah. You, we lived in Los Angeles and moved to Utah. Yeah. The cost of living, I mean, he can buy a palace for what it would cost to buy a one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. So the cost of living is significantly less. Obviously, he knows Provo in the state of Utah well. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think this is a very good hire for, for BYU if, in fact, Sean Newitt does get the job. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that's a very good hire. Uh, Greg Hawkins says BYU needs to replace A-Rod, but that's just my opinion. I don't think the offense is the problem. I think if, if we're really looking at you know, you know, Aaron's job, I think he's developed your quarterback. Now, and a lot of this is a hotly contested bit of conversation. Did Jaron Hall develop because of, of A-Rod or did Jaron Hall develop because of John Beck? Well, I don't really care. He developed while he was a starting quarterback at BYU. Did they make the right choice going with Zach Wilson over Jaron Hall? Maybe not. I don't know. But what I know is it's played out very well for the program um, because Zach was drafted number two, goes on in the NFL, helps builds a ton of momentum through the pandemic. Jaron steps in. Now, obviously, last year he was hurt. For part of this year he was hurt. But Jaron Hall is, a, is an elite quarterback in college football. Yeah. So I think he's done that job. The biggest question here is recruiting the running back position and using the transfer portal because, and, and again, Tyler Algier is not a guy you recruited as a running back. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Have you done enough to recruit the running back position? I don't know. You have arguably the best wide receiver core in the country. I mean, I, I, the talent, their offensive line is very good. I mean, the offense is not the issue. Yeah. Your inability to stop the run and be consistent defensively is the issue. You have zero pressure on the quarterback. That's an issue. You can't stop the run. That's an issue. You can't stay healthy. That's an issue. None of those are A-Rod's problems. None of them. I think if you want change for the sake of change, you replace him. I have been told they're not making changes on offense. So, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it, to me, I think A-Rod's fine. Uh, Boyd Lake says A-Rod is, there you go. A-Rod is fine. He does need help with fourth and short play calling, though. I, I think that's a play calling has been, and I think a lot of people forget, play calling has been and will always be a team effort. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, that's two people two people saying that the, the from what I from what I've heard, Monty, it is it, it is Nua. It makes perfect sense. Him and Kalani are very, very strong. Their relationship is tight. So Yeah, hey, great, great. That's great. If it's Nua, that's great. Yeah. I think that's a good hire. It's a good hire. Qualifications. Great. Yep. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, Greg, absolutely. So you're all in on on uh, replacing uh, A-Rod. I'm not. Uh, Brett Burnett says, BYU just needs to win because that's all that matters. Starts with good recruiting, then coaching. Coaching and development. Yeah. But I, I want to I make this premise very clear. If you want to beat Utah, and if you want to beat the the – best teams you face on a regular basis. You can't keep doing what BYU's done because how much turnover are we going to have in the strength and conditioning department? It seems like we've had this conversation. I mean, this goes back to 2010. Do you even lift? I mean, how long are we going to talk about a lack of strength and conditioning cohesiveness at BYU? Yeah. How long? 
right? It starts, the, the foundation of the football program at BYU is cracked. And you've got to fix those cracks. And it starts with training. It starts with nutrition. It starts with philosophical things. If everybody's not on the same page, it's the Nick Saban speech, yeah. right? If everybody's not in the right seat on the bus, we can't go forward. Yep. And I'm telling you, you don't have the right people in the right seats on the bus in Provo. This is you don't. Saban. Strength and conditioning, defense, um, nutrition. I think the we've talked a lot about the, admin, the administration, the athletic administration's fine, but the the money making operation is a is a disaster at BYU because there's bad relationships and burned burned bridges between you know the money making part and the athletic part. Like you've got to fix all this stuff, yeah, or you're just going to be who you've always been, and that's just not good enough. Boyd Lake says, I would like to see Fessy get his shot at running BYU's offense. He's not an offensive coordinator. I've had this conversation specifically. I think Fessy knows his job and he knows what he's good at. And he's in a place where he's always going to get paid. As long as Kalani's there, Fessy is solid and he's done a great job with the receivers. A great job. Big Mugama says, having him as DC is a direct shot at fixing the D-line. Maybe it misses, but it's the right direction. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a, a, it's a good hire because he has credentials. It makes sense. They have a good relationship. B, it's a safe hire because he has credentials. Like, if, if you hire this guy and your running game gets worse, okay, well, you're not going to sit here and say Kalani's an idiot. Like, it was, it's a good hire. Again, assuming, because it's not official. We need to keep saying that. It's not official. But we have information that says it is Nua. Um, it's a good hire, you know? And, and I think that I, I I truly just believe that that BYU is a program that's in a situation that needs they need to stop talking and start doing. You need to stop talking about how you wanna you wanna beat Utah. You need to stop talking about how you wanna go to the college football playoff, and you need to start performing. You, the transfer portal needs to become prolific for BYU. And I, I'm just having a conversation with with a, a and how do I describe it carefully? A pretty high place source at BYU that's telling me they have an agreement in, in a verbal agreement. There's no pen to paper. And their biggest concern is that Lincoln Riley is going to try and keep Sean Nua and that he'll be able to pay him more uh, than BYU can pay him. I don't know that the money's the issue. I think Sean wants to move up. I mean, he's been yeah. a defensive line coach now. Um, he's been at some very big programs. So I yeah. think he wants to move up and have more responsibility. And frankly, you're going into the Big 12. Sean Nua being the defensive coordinator at, at BYU is a big step up. Yep. That is a big, big step up. But I don't think that this is Elisa Tuiaki like friends of the program. Coaches hire those people that they have relationships with. And I think Sean Nua's resume, and, and by the way, the fact that he played at BYU makes a big deal. Yeah. And I don't know, is he a member? I don't know if Sean New is a member of the church or not. Uh, I'll look it up. Not Hold that on. it matters because he does not have to. I mean, Ed Lamb is not a member of the church. Not that it matters, but um, I'm just curious, talking off the top of my head there. Uh, Brett Burnett says, pays a lot of money, doesn't mean much, just see, means overpaid, in my opinion, they lose. Eh, I don't know about that. Got to uh, apply the cost of living rule when looking in L.A. salaries. 565 doesn't add up to what it does on the Wasatch front. Exactly right. Exactly right. Tuiaki made north of 300000 um, as it was described to me, Tuiaki was making $400,000 at BYU. Uh, the big Macamba says, even if it's the same salary, it's still a 40 to 60% increase moving to Utah. Correct. Correct. Um, Brent Burnett says Monty's like a fifth grader distracted with his phone. Well, there are times where you need to be distracted by your phone. Um, boy, there, it, there's just more people assuming that that, that Sean knew was getting that job. 
So um, Utes have an NIL problem. Not anymore, by the way. Yeah, There's some, some stuff NIL coming. Cooking, yeah, yeah it, it's coming. Uh, is Nua coaching right now? Yes, he's the D-line coach at uh, USC. Um, so I think that's good. Um, Greg, Greg Hawkins says, can BYU hire Clay Helton? Stop it. <laughs> Greg, why would you bring up that name on this show? Why would you be, bring up that I'm name? Gonna, I'm going to – now, I, call me crazy. I'm going to go out on a limb. Hey, Jake, here. you're crazy. I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh-huh. Clay Helton's not a great fit for BYU. Oh, my God. Is anyone surprised? I don't think they are. Uh, John Beck has been the key. I would agree with that. Can BYU pull John Beck into the program? I don't know why he would leave his gig. Yeah, he I mean, he is. He, he is. I don't, I don't know that it's close. Him and Tom House have the best throwing practice in the country. Yeah. If you're a quarterback of any note, you go to John Beck and Tom House. It, it's not close. You guys ever want to kick it? We'll flow. Not close. Jeremy Severe says BYU needs to make hires with – uh, upcoming talent from P5 programs that have uh, and have them here two to three years. BYU is stepping stone uh, is a stepping stone program in the coaching realm. Jeff Grimes is an example of this. Well, I don't think Jeff Grimes used BYU as a stepping stone. I don't. That's yeah. that's not how I would categorize that. The real issue is people just want wins. Just win and all problems are solved. Yeah, well, can't win if you can't stop the run. Yeah, I agree. And Tom um, wants to know who BYU plays this week. <laughs> it's not nice. They play in two weeks in their bowl game, which will probably be New Mexico, which is terrible. <laughs> the New Mexico bowl is, is not <clears throat> I mean, I think, again, there are reports that Sean Nua has been uh, offered and is an agree- has agreed to become the next defensive coordinator at BYU. We'll see how true those are. Yeah. Um, the people that are telling me that are, are pretty good. I know that, that, you know, like reaching out to, I'm waiting to hear back from USC guys that I know. Um, but then I got to talk about the game tonight and I just don't want to hear about it. USC people are so just unbelievably unenjoyable to speak to. Yeah. I mean, they just, yeah. Well, fight on. Yeah. Fight it's on. SC. It's SC. We're the fight best. On. Everything's fight amazing. On. Fight on. Um, Wow, look at that. Three texts at the same time. Wow. Um, You're a popular guy. Well, and I'm good looking. I'm absolutely good looking. Uh, My USC guy says they're renegotiating his contract from what I understand. Um, He spoke to the Alumni Association last week and was passionate about not going anywhere. I don't know. Is Sean Nua using BYU to, to get more money? Kalani would never do anything like that. You know. Um... I think I, I Kalani may have he did do something like that. He, that's exactly what Kalani did. That's exactly what he did. You know, um, you know, it's it's interesting. It's been very quiet in Provo. It has been very quiet in Provo. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what, um, you know, what goes on um, in, in, in with this hire, because Lincoln Riley's not going to let Sean Nua just walk away. Now, granted, their defensive line has not been great, let's be honest, but Lincoln's been there half a year. Yeah. I mean, essentially six months. So you would expect that to improve this recruiting cycle. But, you know, we'll, we'll just see. Sean Nuo is without question a great hire. Is without question. But if he's telling the, I mean, what else is he going to tell the alumni? He's Association? working on both, dude. That's what, that's what I'm saying. You know. like, like, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's not get too far ahead of it. Right? Yeah. I, let the guy finish this season and then let's see if they hire him. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. But, I mean, the Kalani thing's very interesting. 
Yeah, Kalani did the same thing. With him, Washington. Yeah, him and Sean yeah. have a good relationship, and it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, like coaches help coaches. Yeah, by the way, me. and by the way, I think we, we led the news cycle on Kalani and Washington. Yeah. And the same, the same people that I'm talking to at BYU now are the ones who told me what was happening with Washington. So, there you know, you I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I do. Um, so there's your story right there. Maybe, maybe not. Nothing on paper. So just to recap what I've been told, um, Sean Nua has agreed to become the next defensive coordinator at BYU. Um, but he is, I, my guess is that Lincoln Riley is going to offer him more money to stay because I know that Lincoln likes him. Um, but I think obviously Sean Nua's candidacy and his resume is that he played at BYU. He has got a laundry list of stops. Um, as defensive coordinator, including obviously USC, Michigan, amongst others. Um, he is a guy that has a very good relationship with Kalani Sataki. Um, and if you buy into the to the news cycle that BYU has let go of most of their defensive staff, which again, somebody else just told me that. Um, as we told you the other day, most of those guys have, have been let go. I, the question is, if that's the case, who's coaching the bowl game? Yeah. Right? Because that's that's an issue as well. You have a bowl game coming up, and I think Harris Lachance told us it was December 17th. Yeah. So what is that in 15 days? So two yep. weeks from tomorrow. So we'll see exactly what happens. I, I don't think that Sean Nua is going – especially if, if, if Utah loses this game, I don't think that you, you see Sean Nua leaving anytime soon from USC. I, I don't. But that's, that's just me. I mean – it is. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Josh Lovern says, "Boy, the Jets and Mike are Mike White's team now." Yeah, that's done with. That oh, because I see. Uh, Boyd Lake said, "John Beck is needed in the Meadowlands. Zachy Poo needs his help. <laughs> he does. That ain't no joke." Uh, most fans in California teams are not fun to talk to. Main reason I cannot root for any of them from that state. And some of my closest friends are massive USC fans. Yeah, my guy Chad is. Oh my God, we bet we bet Carney's hot dogs in Los Angeles on Notre Dame USC every year. Yeah, every year, um, and he's actually a great SC fan. Uh, but I know I probably know half a dozen people that are really tight with that program that spend their money on that program, um, and they're just it's uh, it's brutal to talk to them about USC football. Yeah, I love talking to BYU fans. I think Ute fans are some of the most passionate fans. Notre Dame fans are awful, are awful. Yeah, I don't want to see it. Riley O'Brien. Hey, random question for you guys that I understand might need some uh, thought, but what is the single best sporting event you have each been to and why? Can can be as a fan or a media member, single best event? Well, this is not difficult for me. Um, I think it is only because Jake was there with me. Yeah. Uh, 2006, St. Louis Cardinals clinching a playoff spot. Uh, Scott Spezio hit a bases clearing triple and hit it right in front of us um, at Bush Stadium when I worked for the Cardinals in St. Louis. That mo- what, Being in that moment was better than... The, they went on to win the World Series. That moment was better than the moment they won the World Series. Uh-huh. It was just... It was just it, the energy in that building. That moment in time. Now... There are some other ones that come to mind. I was standing on the baseline when Kobe threw that alley-oop to Shaq against Portland to come back and knock off the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals. Um, 
watching Kobe hug the championship trophy in the in the Laker locker room and crying was one of the great moments. Yep. Um, I mean, there I've I've because I've worked in sports for so long. I've been to Super Bowls, Final Fours. Um, you, know, you name any sport, I've I've seen a Stanley Cup championship in person. Um, but man, I, I it's probably that moment in St. Louis because again, Jake was a kid. Yeah. Um, and just sitting there with him, having brought him there. Although there was a moment where when you were a little kid. Uh, probably 2000, you like six or seven. Yeah. I brought Jake to Wrigley field and was on the field when Sammy Sosa was in his heyday and Sammy Sosa walked right up to Jake and Jake was like, Whoa, like wouldn't even talk to Sosa. It was incredible. It was a great moment. Um, so I have moments like that, but like just being at games, I'm kind of desensitized to it. Steven Gerrard slip at Liverpool. That oh that might be that oh that might be the one yeah that's it I yeah, forgot about I, that I mean standing in the box as the only two people who were Chelsea fans at Anfield watching Steven Gerrard fall um, and then Chelsea takes it down Demba Ba yeah Demba Ba takes it down and you know scores like it it just was an incredible moment I think that that is the uh, and you don't understand the, the atmosphere in in the English Premier League unless you're in person you just don't get it and I'm a huge Chelsea football fan like that is my team and so a good friend of ours formerly Wayne Scholes um, is a box holder at Anfield and so he said hey why don't you come over and see Chelsea Liverpool I was like all right cool and at the time Liverpool were marching to the Premier League Championship and the drought was going to end and yeah like there was celebrations and before the game uh, when the Chelsea Let's see. Um, wow, interesting. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm going to confirm that. Um, so we're at Anfield, and before the game, all of the Liverpool fans are on the street. And they're, the Chelsea bus is showing up, and they're throwing things at the bus, and they're chanting, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. And Jose Mourinho was the, the manager at Chelsea at the time. And he went into Anfield that day and he just basically played all 11 behind the ball. Like they were all just parked. It's called parking the bus. And Steven Gerrard, who's arguably the best Liverpool captain ever, is the ball is coming to him and he slipped. And we had a uh, forward Demba Ba, number 29, I believe at the time, who just blazed past Gerrard who slipped again. Went in one-on-one, scored the goal. Chelsea won the match. Liverpool didn't win the league. And Jake and I are the only ones. Like, there were, they were worried about our safety, so we could not wear blue. We could not wear Chelsea colors because we were in a box at Anfield. And we just erupted. It was, it, it was unbelievable. And the place was silent. Yeah. And Jake and I are in the front row of this box, like, hugging and jumping up and down, celebrating Chelsea's win. Was in it. That's that's yeah. I think that's it right there. I think that's it. That's it right there. And excuse me for looking at my text. Yeah. No. I mean that was a, that was a great moment. I I think you know sporting moments are you know. Oh wow. So uh, two people sent me the exact same text, not exactly word for word, but um, from a source who works directly at BYU Athletics. Um, we have made significant changes on defense. 
Um, Ed Lamb is out, as well as Clune and Hadley. Had to be done. The defense was absolutely a problem. And Harvey Yunga could no longer be tolerated. Their issues just were too loud to ignore. And as you've said every day, I feel like for the past eight weeks on your show, the entire strength and conditioning staff has also been replaced. So take that for, take that for what it's worth. Um, and I, now I've missed like three calls. Um, the, I, I, we've told you, I think we titled the show earlier in the week, significant changes are coming to BYU. Yeah. And again, this morning reports are that Sean Nua has been uh, offered the job and accepted the job as defensive coordinator at BYU. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And there were a lot of people earlier in the week talking about Ed Lamb being promoted. I, I just didn't think that was an option. Um, I, I, it's not surprising. Let's be honest. It's not surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly how all of that played out. Um, and how all of these changes at BYU played out. I wonder if most BYU fans feel like a sweep was needed on defense because I think, um, I think for certain, um, when you have that many changes. Yeah. I mean, I think people knew that there were changes need to be made, you know, and, and we've been saying changes need to be made for, you know, halfway through the season. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I can remember talking about firing Tuiaki since, you know, what, since oh, man. Oregon, October? I think, you know? So, I mean, we, we've been talking about that for a long time. So, you know, I, again, it's, it's not surprising, you know, I, 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 I think they need to make a lot of these changes official. And then I think it's a big deal. Like Kevin Clune's a little, I, I, I don't, I don't, obviously I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not in the room every day, but Kevin Clune is a guy that I think had real value. Um, I think the linebackers, they just couldn't keep their linebackers healthy Yeah, and they asked him to do too much. I mean, that, that really is the, that's the, the bottom line. I mean, Preston Hadley was going to fall on the sword because they couldn't pressure the quarterbacks. They couldn't get in the backfield. They couldn't, they couldn't stop the run. I mean, when, when your job is defensive ends, I mean, you're, 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 you're going to pay with your job on that. Um, you know, but it is, it is, Ed Lamb's not surprising at all. I mean, they're, they're, um, their their special teams are terrible. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if the the thing that I wonder about did Kalani want to make these changes? Uh it, I maybe maybe not, mm-hmm. but it's not really up to Kalani. Kalani had to make these changes. I I would agree with that. Kalani had no choice but to make these changes. Yeah. And they these are foundational significant changes, which is to to me was very necessary and you know, if you're going to make a a foundational change um, you know, in, in your life, you should absolutely do that by going to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. I mean, that's how you make foundational changes. <laughs> Get off the side hustle train, friends. Stop struggling to, you know, afford Christmas and birthdays and vacations and car payments. If you're sitting here today listening to the show and you ask yourself, well, how am I going to afford my credit card payment this month? Am I going to be able to get my wife that Christmas gift that she wanted. Are we going to go on a vacation? If you're asking yourself, can we afford a vacation in 2023? You know the answer already. Yeah. You need to get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty and watch a free webinar. There's no obligation. Obviously, it's free, so it costs you nothing. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. I mean, here, here we are with, you know, let's call it 10 working days left in the year. Yeah. 
If, if I said to you, you can make $10,000 in those 10 working days. And if I said to you, are you going to make $10,000 in the next 10 days? If you have to think about it or your answer is no, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Because yeah. there are people every day that have been through the Triday program that are making $1,000 a day day trading. There are people every day, even hundreds of dollars. Those guys every day make hundreds and thousands of dollars day trading every single day. And I think it's incredibly interesting that you have a situation where you can do that. You can be that guy who can make $1,000 a day, but you got to take that first step. Yeah. So stop making excuses. Stop breaking promises to yourself because I can tell you right now, sure as I'm sitting here, the best way to erode your life and your relationship with yourself is to lie to yourself. Don't make New Year's resolutions. Take New Year's action today. Go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty and just watch the free webinar. And again, as a testament to what they do and how, how well they prepare you to be a prolific day trader at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. When you start trading, your first trades are not done with your own money. It's done with trydaytrading.com's money. If you make money with their money, they're going to give you 50% of the profit. Yep. It's that simple. They're so confident that they can make you the best day trader in the business. They're going to give you their money to trade with. At trydaytrading.com slash Monty, make sure that you go and um, watch that. So a little more color on Sean Nua at BYU. Um, he is, in fact, negotiating, I think, against each other with USC and BYU because this is the third person now telling me that um, Lincoln Riley is trying to keep Sean New at USC. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I, I, you know, I, I know several people are are telling us that there's a verbal agreement, but I don't believe that until the guys sign the piece of paper. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and be like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a great hire. Dude's at SC. Dude's got Lincoln Riley in his office. Do you really think that Lincoln Riley can't get some boosters to get together a million bucks a year? You really think he can't do that? Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I, I think the thing that's very clear is that Sean Nua is valued in USC circles. Yes, he is. That is very clear. Now, I think quality of life and the off-the-field stuff, massively valuable. And that's why I asked if yeah. Sean Nua is a member of the church, because I think... I if, couldn't find it. I'm not sure. If Sean's a yeah. member, I think that that helps, obviously, at BYU, Yeah, because it speaks to the quality of life. I mean, being a member of the church, living in South Central Los Angeles, which is where USC is... Um, versus being a member of the church living in Provo, Orem, Lehigh, like that area, is a very different way of life. I mean, those are two diametrically opposed things. And Sean, knowing the lay of the land at, at, at BYU, Sean, knowing the lay of the land as a player, as a coach, as an NFL player, as a Super Bowl champion, to be able to lend that knowledge to guys, to be able to recruit with that knowledge, that's something not... How many people that have coached at BYU can say, hey, I'm a Super Bowl champion Come play for me at BYU, and and we can we can put you in the in the league. How many people can say that? And when you look at Sean, the relationships that Sean has in the game of football, um, and again, another person saying Lincoln Riley is trying to keep Sean Sean. No, that's every USC person that I reached, and not accidentally. That's every USC person I reached out to replied with. They're trying to keep Sean New at USD. So yeah. this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, let's see. Roger Dodger says South Central LA scares you. No, not at all. South Central LA doesn't scare me at all. My point in saying that is 
that the lifestyle of an LDS member in South Central Los Angeles versus Provo, Utah are two completely different things. Look, I lived in Los Angeles. One of the best relationships I have at USC, um, and I should reach out to him actually, is Lawrence Jackson. And Lawrence Jackson's a South Central guy. Like, I mean, he's an Inglewood guy. Yeah. So there's no being scared of South Central Los Angeles. The point is that when you're talking about lifestyle, when you're talking about the fact that, you know, if rumors are correct, uh, that Sean Nua currently makes $565,000 as a defensive line coach at USC, you know, if they're, if they're, you know, if they're bumping him to six, $700,000 to be the, the, you know, the defensive coordinator at BYU, that's a significant raise. He's essentially making a million dollars at USC at that point Yeah, because of the cost of living. He's a family guy. I mean, it, 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 all of it adds up. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, um, you know, I, I just don't think I, I don't, I don't, there's no fear there's no fear in South Central. Um, oh, man, the bots are in the chat. Well. The bots are in the chat. That's unfortunate. It is, but I'll get rid of them. You, you know. Yeah. I'll hide them from the channel. We'll do it. Everybody that's here right now, all 106, please go ahead and give us a like. Uh, it really does help the channel grow. If you are not subscribed, don't forget, um, as a member of this channel, we are going to give you the opportunity to come and see a Utah Jazz game with us. Uh, against Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs in January, but we got to get to 9,000 subs Yes. Uh, by the end of the year. So we just have, what, uh, 29 days to go. Yep. Uh, and right now this morning, uh, we're at 8,100. Wow, look at that, 8,168. So we have had a, a pretty good growth there. Um, so go ahead and give us a like uh, and a subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, we appreciate that uh, very much as well. Uh, a couple more, and then we got to get out of here today. Uh, Roger Dodger says, I wish Nua Luck, the goal is to move up in the coaching jobs. Absolutely totally. it is. Yeah, totally. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Roger Dodger also says, San Diego has a great temple. It does. But there are temples on every corner in this town. Yeah, it's culture. Yeah, it's, it's just culture. a culture like, thing. It's not, it's not an issue. It's South Central. It's just a culture thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Kurt Meyer says, how many likes right now? We have 114 likes. Nice job. Um, so we appreciate yeah, nice that, job. you guys. Uh, Brett Burnett says cheerio. The big Mugamba says apparently he is, or at one time was LDS. Sataki helped him get a scholarship to BYU. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So we'll see what plays out. Uh, again, the, uh, late breaking news this morning on the show is that sources have told us that Sean Nua has been uh, offered and has verbally accepted the job as defensive coordinator at BYU. Uh, we are also told uh, that USC is working uh, behind the scenes to try and keep Sean. We were told that he talked to uh, Booster and alumni groups this week and said that he loves being at USC and he's not going anywhere. We'll see how all that plays out. But um, also multiple sources have told us that significant changes have been made on the defensive staff. Um, again, um, I don't know, and it'll be interesting to see what happened with Harvey Unga because I am told that Harvey Unga is no longer with the program. Yeah. So there is something more there, but it'll be interesting to see exactly, uh, what comes on about that. Don't forget to uh, join us back here Monday morning. Uh, we'll have a full recap of the, uh, PAC 12 championship game for you. Make sure tonight when you uh, are watching the Pac-12 championship game, you get Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the app right now. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. 
at Papa Murphy's Pizza. And as always, the Monty Show is presented by The Advocates. Find them online, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business, without a doubt, The Advocates. Jake? Good show. Good week, my way, friend. Way to have way to have sources. My pleasure and uh, appreciation doing this show with you every day. Yes. Uh, until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>